So how many people were there? It was smaller. It was exactly the way we wanted it to be. It was for us. It wasn't for a whole big family and a bunch of obligations. So I would say, I didn't get official head count, but I'd say in between 20, 30. Mm. Wow. So like um, the area in which like, I don't, you don't have to give the exact location, but like the area in which you had the wedding was it. So like you were, you were somewhere on the water, right? Yeah. The beach was awesome. Yeah. It was okay. so you really were on a nice. Beach. It was a public beach. It wasn't a private beach or anything like that. Okay. Um. Yeah. And the water and the man, the weather was beautiful. The water, everything, the pictures that we saw just on the back of her camera looked so awesome. We can't wait to see what the actual pictures look like. But she told us it's like, oh, it's gonna be 30 days. Like, dang, are you guys like running this through like computer rendering? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Is this like a fight scene between Optimus Prime and Megatron? Like, what takes 30 days to get some photos out? So who knows? Yeesh. So if yeah, there's man. if there's anything that American sitcoms have taught me is that Always right before a wedding, something goes wrong with both the bride and the groom. Can you confirm this? I mean, wrong? I don't know. I thought it was very smooth, very light, you know? Like, again, like, we kind of just did it very little planning, very minimal. Mm-hmm. Kind of how we do a lot of things in our life. Um, I don't know. It was very low pressure. It was very cool, man. Uh, it did start a little bit later than we anticipated, but, you know, I, I think just overall, it was, like, one of the happiest days of my life, honestly. Um, I was kind of iffy on it being streamed live to Facebook. Like I didn't really want that, but it got like a thousand views. I'm like, I don't know a thousand oh, people. Holy shit. Yeah. I was like, I don't know a thousand oh. people. Like who's watching this? Like, you don't know. I mean, think about people who's just like on weddings, your- bro. I assume. Yeah. I don't know. Think about, think about who's on your Facebook too. Like there's a lot of people from your past. You probably don't ever talk to anymore. You know, right. and your friend's group is like, man, that's kind of uncomfortable. I spoke to you for this is high school. Like, don't watch my wedding. I don't know. It's <laughs> Who like real are personal. you people? Yeah, you know, and like exes and just stuff, weird stuff like that. Exes. Like, <laughs> you know, like, don't watch my wedding. But hey, you know, they wanted it on Facebook and and whatever. I expected like 12 to 20 people watching it, not a thousand views. Yeah, that's really weird. That's yeah, really that, high. I was like, man, we should have monetized this. <laughs> Dude, maybe you should just the like ads right. and shit in there. Yeah, like we will yeah. get, we will get back to you after these messages. You guys have to take a TV break. Where I say the vows. Do, yeah, stay do you tuned. Take her to have and to hold in sickness and health. I, we will be back after these commercials. Yeah. What you will can you say? Skip, yeah. <laughs> you can skip in five, four, three. Do Do you want do, Jack do. to say do? Text this number. Do you want him to say don't? Text this number. Yeah, that would have been funny. These vows <laughs> brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. That's what. <laughs> That's one thing that they don't do anymore, I don't think, is where they say, is there anyone that, you know, has anything, any reason why they shouldn't be brought together to say it now? Like, we didn't do that. We don't, you, know. you mean nobody was there screaming, I object? <laughs> no, no one objected. Yeah. No dramatic uh, right was not there. Oh, shame. <laughs> but we should probably get this thing started. Yeah. So um, sure. welcome to the Tiny Disc Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpinito, and I'm joined here by newlywed Jack Zepeda. I'm an honest man, and I've got I'm a little bit more tan from the beach. So, <laughs> do, do you feel any all diff- around? Do yep. you feel any different, Jack? I feel a little more adulted. Yeah, I feel really good. Um, I was I was very surprised though. I knew that I would be a little bit emotional, like just a little bit emotional during the whole thing, just because you know the build has been so long and we've been together for so long, and like I waited like a long time in my life to like actually you know get married. Like, look, look. Not trying to brag. I'm really not trying to brag, okay? But there have been a lot of people that have wanted to marry me, okay? Like, uh, <laughs> enough, you know? And I always was like, no, no, not going to not gonna marry you. And so, you know, I wait. And what I'm trying to say is I waited till I really found the right person. 
Right. Let's, and that's good to hear, man. Exactly. Yeah. And I wouldn't do it if I didn't think because divorce is not an option. I would not get married if I didn't think that it was going to be like a lifelong kind of thing. You know, that's right. how serious but I divorce take it. rates in this country, dude. No way. Seriously. Right. So. So, no, it was it was a great time. I was like I said, I was a little bit more emotional than I thought I was going to be. And I like when I first saw her, I like totally started like choking up. I was like, oh, man, what's happening? Like surprised oh. me. It snuck up on me. So it was awesome, though. <laughs> An unexpected, unexpected choking at a wedding. I was like, oh, 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 what's happening? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the third person, third pillar on this podcast, good old Colin Sparling. Hello, everybody. Hashtag bring on Musha back. You know me. Are we ever going to go into what Animushi even is? You've been saying that for this entire like podcast. So, but I, don't know. I thought it was an ice cream is flavor. Care anymore? It's so old, dude. So, well, that's the thing, though. That's why they need to bring it back because, um, like Animushi was this this thing where it's like I think it was originally supposed to be like a Resident Evil game, but it, it was just like it was uh almost it was practically a launch game for the PS2, and it was just like this game where it's it's got pretty tanky controls, but you're like the samurai dude fighting undead you know soldiers and demons and stuff and basically dude it's it's been a long time since i've actually sat down and played through it but it, like it's, it's resident evil with swords is what essentially it is. It's, it's essentially exactly pre-rendered what it is. yeah backgrounds uh, i mean it looked good i remember like graphically is very impressive but i mean it, they had the third game with that french guy i can't remember <laughs> that yes. famous actor the professional I, I know who you're talking about um, and he actually looks, he kind of looks like the, the general from uh, Resident Evil 4, which is kind of funny, but they're both Capcom games. So it makes total sense. Yeah. Um, I like, and that's the thing. They actually, I think they got rid of the tank controls in either the third or the fourth game. Um, it's a cool game. I have nostalgia for, but in your head, like what does a new Animushi even look like? Like, so aren't there enough, well, aren't there enough, uh, you know, samurai games out now, like Neo PS4, for instance, wouldn't that kind of be like, what that, if uh, Animushi was going to come out today, what that would be like? I guess I guess you're kind of right. Neo does kind of scratch that itch, but do, even if even if we got something like like you know like uh, Resident Evil remake or some you know or an issue remaster okay. collection or something like Is that. Is it on Steam? I, uh, I don't know. So you really, when you're saying bring it back, like obviously a sequel would be tops for you, but you'd be satisfied. It sounds like with just a way of it being accessible and on PC would maybe be yeah more tops. honestly just get I will I'll be satisfied with that yeah for sure like if they give it like the freaking Resident Evil remake treatment dude that would be awesome and I, I would be happy with that that would be expensive but I mean I, yeah. I would be down with that too I mean even like Dino Crisis I think about the game oh, too oh yeah Dino Crisis would be dope and, it, and it's more nostalgia fueled than anything I think but uh, I mean it's i mean it's not a bad game and i think the main reason why they haven't done anything with it um in years is because of licensing if i remember reading about it correctly it's like some sort of licensing issue where they can't do anything with this so it's just kind of sitting idle let's do this just for fun off the cuff i want to hear your favorite ninja game period just my favorite ninja game just yeah uh i'll go first i'll go first since it's my idea original xbox Ninja Gaiden Black. That game was so hard, so punishing. So the hard. graphics look so much better also than any game of that generation. But Ninja Gaiden originally came out, and then Ninja Gaiden Black a couple years later with some improvements and some uh, uh, graphical uh, updates. And, man, I love that game so much. I, it was one of the few games that was probably, like, I don't know, 15, 20 hours long, and I actually beat, like, twice 
once but i was man i was getting my ass handed to me like on the regular basis like i could not even get past the first boss for like the first month or two took me a really long time to figure out exactly exactly how to play that game and how to be good at it and then once like the switch kind of clicked in my head like oh just don't go and hit attack the whole time you actually have to block and parry and counter once that i figured that out man the game got challenging but in like an awesome way like a, a way where i felt like success was attainable not impossible but that game if you just go in there like without blocking or anything you will just die instantly it's just normal yeah. normal enemies will just cut you up kind of dark yeah it, it's true yeah Very that's dark why, I, I think that's why a lot of people gravitate towards it because like ninja gaiden as a, like its legacy is it's known as being a, just a stupidly hard game but not like stupidly but just like over the top tough like you need to have strategy you need to have sometimes memorization and you need to actually like pay attention to what you're doing man what a and, great game and i know that they yeah. updated it as well on ps3 with ninja gaiden sigma i never did play that one but apparently that's I the have one, one and to play. two okay apparently sigma the first one is the one to play um but I ninja gaiden it, black yeah, i will great. always have awesome memories also one of the first original xbox games that was playable on xbox 360 back in like 2005 and if you played it on xbox 360 it like up uh scaled the graphics to like 720p and that was back Ooh, when like i nice. had like a uh that's back when like 42 inch widescreens was like two thousand three thousand dollars and i actually had one <laughs> guys messed up story oh man this is a ninja gaiden black story okay so it was a plasma TV, okay? <laughs> and plasma, you have to be very careful because if you leave an image on it too long, it will burn in and permanently be in your image. Right. So I had Ninja Guide and Black paused. I swear, I promise you, it was like five minutes maybe. Okay? Yeah, sure, sure. Burned an image completely into the screen. <laughs> And it was never oh, the same ever God. again. It wasn't like permanently like in there, but the, you could tell the colors were just totally messed up. And there was always like real like um, like a cloud, basically a flickering cloud of like hot pink in the middle in the top and the in the side of the screen, like constantly that's just flicking awful. over over everything. Dude, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. That so Ninja Guy in Black. I loved it so much. I ruined a twenty five hundred dollar TV for it. <laughs> oh my God! True story. Uh, when I so, think of uh, a ninja game that I really like, yeah. uh, mine would probably have to be Mark of the Ninja, actually by Clay Interactive. It's like this indie game. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. two D yep. like stealth, yeah. side scrolling stealthy ninja game. Yeah, pretty where, pretty cool choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember playing through that, and I wasn't expecting too much. That was like my first Clay Interactive game. Uh, but then the second I sat down, had the controller in my hand, and was just like going through it. It's like this is really good. This is really well polished. And very fun visually when you look at it uh it really really uh, exemplifies the stealth very well you know like everything that's in the shadows is black and white and then every time you make noise it creates color you know that kind of stuff i can't remember did it zoom in and out the camera like to close up and stuff um yeah i think when you killed people it zoomed yeah. in on that maybe executions it, yeah 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 what that game was wasn't that big during uh when like xbox live arcade was a big thing yeah yeah it was around exactly that it was one of the big xbox live arcade games yeah that game was was very good yeah I, it was always one of those games that i did play i think i own it actually i'm pretty sure i do own it i played on like this is a solid game i have to come back to this one day never did always <laughs> intend to though I, i'd recommend it if i don't know if you ever get the chance cool all right colin what about you oh Bring man um, I, I really I don't think I've really played all that many ninja games surprisingly because I was I went as a ninja for Halloween like probably three times when I was younger um, <laughs> I was a ninja turtle a couple times dude yes um oh, man uh probably either 
Strider, like the new the new indie game, Ooh. like the, the like the re- reboot kind of like side scrolling one. Of yeah. the it's like the a remake of the is it a Genesis the Genesis game, right? Is he a ninja? Um, yeah. Alright. I don't know. I mean, that's that's a little loose interpretation. Okay, fair enough. Um or or uh Shinobi for PS two. Oh, which, which which Shinobi? Yeah, it was like it was like a re- it's uh it was just called Shinobi for PS2. It was like a reboot. It's not like the the old side scrolling Genesis games like Shinobi Three or like Revenge of Shinobi or anything like that. Okay, it was like it was a it was 3D. I think it might have still been uh what Sega. I think Sega made it. Okay, um, but it, um I don't remember too much of it, but it was like it had like the whole. Uh, like Prince of Persia, like run on walls thing going on. You could redo like some really acrobatic combat type stuff. You could take on a lot of enemies all at once. You had like all your different like powers. You could throw ninja stars, all kinds of different swords, and it had like a cell. It had like a cell shaded graphics, uh, graphical style that I really liked about it. Prince of Persia is essentially a ninja game too. It pretty much is. Honestly, I'm a huge fan of Prince of Persia. I have all of the modern Prince of Persia games sitting on my shelf back the there. The first one on them. Xbox was was and PS2 was actually really good. Sands um, the Sands of Time. Yeah, yep. exactly. That's a classic game. I another game I still need to go back to and play. Um, okay, so honorable mention on NES: uh, Shadow of the Ninja. Super super fun mm-hmm. for fans of Mega Man, for fans of like Contra style games. Shadow of the Ninja. Check it out. Okay, that's it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to this, but I think uh, we have to talk about what happened this weekend, don't we? It's pretty big. Yeah, it was Comic-Con yeah, San Diego Comic-Con. Hella trailers Con. came out of that thing. Like, hella trailers. Yeah, Dude, Marvel pretty much ruled Comic-Con and just the world around it, especially on social media. Like, they pretty much won. Yeah, and I mean it's not surprising, right? With the MCU, it's like it's been in full swing for a while and it's climaxing pretty hard. You know, because um, they're coming up with up to the Infinity War, right? Which is like that's going to be huge next year, next um, May, right? <laughs> yeah, next May, May twenty eighteen. Um, but another thing they dropped too was another Thor Ragnarok trailer, like a new one. Love it! Did, Love did you guys it. get to see that? It look it looks actually pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, the music, real quick, because I was thinking, I was like, man, this music sounds awesome. Who is this? And then I, I was like, why does it sound so familiar? It's from Hotline Miami too. Uh, the name of the group is Magic Sword, and the name of the song is In the Face of Evil. Check oh, that wow. song out. That song is really, really good. Like, ever since I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, this is from the music from Hotline Miami, too. Okay. Like, I can get with this. I thought the whole trailer was very entertaining. Um, yeah. They actually managed to do something kind of new and never really done before. And it seems like they're making the most badass buddy superhero movie ever <laughs> with Thor and with... Uh, with the Hulk. Uh, the Hulk, yeah, it, yeah. It, it looks so awesome, and I thought the whole cut was pretty good. They, I really am excited about this movie. They have a new um, director; I can't remember his name, but yeah, they uh, definitely have a good thing going. And I'm so much more excited for Thor Ragnarok than I was before. Yeah, dude, I, it's like such a bro movie. It's like, yo, <laughs> Thor and the Hulk are bros. Yeah, same Thor. Like we got this shit. Like it's so. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's a lot of people were actually giving. Uh, giving a lot of flack because they kind of like redesigned the way the Hulk looks compared to the like original uh, Avengers movie. Mm. And uh, because apparently like it changes hair and he, his physique and his facial features look a little bit different. And apparently a lot of people were, didn't like it because he looks a little bit more derpy. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you ask me, like when I first watched the original Thor movie and that was what, like five years ago, maybe it's at least back. 
yeah it's a while back something and, like that and when i watch that and then you tell me hey a couple years from now they're gonna make a, a like basically a space buddy cop movie with thor and the hulk i'd be like no way that's not gonna happen that, <laughs> yeah. you're kidding that's, that's even, stupid like i just i i i'm not gonna lie i was kind of watching this trailer like i liked it and it was funny but i was like this this movie's kind of like a meme like it's kind of like a meme of itself dude <laughs> it looks so awesome it looks just like total fan service and i have the name right here the yeah. director so this is why i forgot his name because it's so crazy of a name taiko waititi is mm. the director's name and try to say that three and times fast. man everything about this i'm liking i'm loving the 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 just the premise the whole premise the i think the um cg actually looks good 99% of the time there were a couple shots in the trailer I was like oh that looks very very green screen green screen like you know the lighting was a little suspect but I mean I can look past that because the story looks very entertaining apparently it's also supposed to be the shortest run uh, Marvel uh, movie ever it's only supposed to be like a hundred minutes long which really? sounds like a long time yeah but but it's like shorter than the other shortest movie which I can't remember the name of it but I remember it was like 113 minutes long mm-hmm. so it's significantly shorter than most Marvel movies were used to um, but look, man, you got Idris Alba, you got Kate Blanchett, Jeff Goldblum, and we were talking uh, last week or a couple weeks ago about how terrible the um, movie poster was for Spider-Man Homecoming and how what train wreck that was. Thor Ragnarok has one of the coolest movie posters I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah. It's it's so awesome. I just so much about this movie. I'm excited about. Like I, I'm there. I I will go midnight if there are midnight showings or you know how actually midnight showings don't really exist anymore, right? Like they Not actually really. will break street date basically, and they'll just start playing movies like days early sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I'm going to go to Thor Ragnarok. Like it's on my radar. I'm going to go as early as possible because this movie looks awesome. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it for sure. Yeah, because I, I it's no secret that I haven't been following the MCU that closely, um, but with like off the heels of spider-man which like really impressed me and now like the next thing because there's nothing else from the mcu between spider-man and thor right like there's Mm -hmm. no other movie coming out that i'm unaware of right yeah i don't think so yeah so like seeing what the thor ragnarok trailer looks like i'm kind of thinking you know maybe i could get back into this saddle it looks pretty cool you don't even need to watch Thor two really to get yeah. into this. I don't yeah, think this kind of like Thor two. Yeah, yeah this kind of looks like just a really fun, awesome one of those TV episodes that people talk about. You know, decades later, like oh, I remember the time where uh, Thor and Hulk, uh, you know, buddied up. Yep. You know what I mean? Like this just seems like a good time. And like I said, I think Kate Blanchett is an awesome pick as well for uh, Hela, the goddess of death, mm-hmm. and her costume design and everything. I'm just really liking everything I'm seeing about this, and it's cool to see. Marvel take a chance on directors, you know, I mean, it paid off for Spider-Man, oh, yeah. you know, and, and, and also, um, DC, it paid off for Wonder Woman taking a chance on directors there. And now with, uh, Taika Waititi doing this, like, where is he from? You know what I mean? He's kind of more known for his comic chops, not necessarily his superhero chops. So I'm really, really excited. Actually, I was surprised cause I did, I'm late to watching this trailer because I've been getting married and on vacation. But when I got back and I saw this, I was like, whoa whoa thor ragnarok is is a real yeah. thing it's gonna be good hulk, hulk can finally talk so that's that's i think that's gonna be that's gonna be the interesting <laughs> you know that it's was he, kind of, that was kind of weird to me i was like wait he's just talking weird. now i was like he doesn't do that what's going on here i didn't know if i liked it anymore but if it's gonna make the movie better if it's gonna be funnier then i'm willing to you know i always thought he had this uncontrollable rage and just couldn't do anything but Rah! yeah i don't know how i feel about thor's like bro haircut going on though Hey, and eh. everyone's got, you know what else is funny too? If you watch the trailer closely, everyone has short capes too. They come to like the middle of the back. Yeah. <laughs> Even Thor, everyone's wearing a short cape. Huh. 
Um, did you guys see the trailer though for Ready Player One? Yes, I did, and damn, I <laughs> Dude, thought it looked cool. I couldn't, I oh, I couldn't get past the first line in that. Like I listened, I I stopped, and I just was laughing and like tears streaming down my face. And then I had to rewind it and hear him say it again. He's like, "Hi." I live in this is Columbus, Ohio. I know. I heard that too. And I was like, "Oh shit, dude!" I was like, "What?" And I just replayed it over and over again. Even saying it right now, I couldn't like do it without laughing. Like, are you serious? They're like, even in 2044, it's still the fastest growing city in the country. And but it's like he looks like he's like living in like you know trailer parks that are stacked on top of each other and all. That. It looks yeah. Oh, there's some there's some weird choices oh, with this movie, man. I, I gotta say yeah. though, they at least capture that Columbus, Ohio feel. We're still the grass, the fastest growing city in the nation. <laughs> like they really capture yeah. it very well. Yeah. I promise we're a real city. I promise. Um, <laughs> is this is this like I don't know? Is this is that how it was in the book? Did take place in Columbus? So I I really want to read the source material, but I haven't gotten a chance yet. Same. I've owned the book for like a year, and I've just never cracked it open. Wow crazy but i am kind of excited for it because it's another spielberg movie and you know yeah. it's spielberg the iron, dude i don't know how like the iron giants kind of just chilling there i was like what see when was the last time i've been excited for a spielberg movie i can't even remember well ET. what has spielberg done that's been so hot like so great lately lately um oh god the, the last movie call out, to- but i'm just saying like i mean what, that's like, fair super eight was that the last movie he did no was that him? I think so, right? Super. Oh, eight? it was him and um and uh, Toy Robot, right? Or Bad Robot. It was him and J.J. Uh, Abrams like collaborating. I thought J.J. Abrams did that movie. I can't remember. But all I'm trying to say is like Saving Private Ryan is the last great Spielberg movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I didn't like Minority Report that much. I hated AI. AI is one of the biggest wastes of time I've ever had in a movie theater. I felt like I wanted to just. I wanted to ask for my money back. That movie was so bad. You know, the one with Haley Joel wow. Osment in it. It's right. basically the Pinocchio remake. Oh, it was so bad, guys. See, so ever since then, like, like Steven Spielberg's cachet has just gone totally down with me. No, and I you totally know? I see where you're coming from. And when I look at this trailer, I can see this movie maybe not living up to the old Spielberg name as well, right? Because that trailer, it was like it was cool. Right, because there was a lot of like, oh, look at this cool car chase, and look at like all these like Doom Marines mm. like shooting guns. But then it kind of comes to a point where it's like, but what's the point of seeing all this cool stuff? You know, it's just, yeah. it's just like a bunch of cool scenes in a row that seem very disconnected. Oh man, yeah, that, that's fair. And like, did you did anyone else catch him catch the character shooting Freddy Krueger? Yeah, I saw Freddy Krueger in that. That was kind of <laughs> yeah. weird. I felt. See, you say it's cool, Robert, and you know, I'm not going to disagree with you exactly, but I did feel a little pandered to. I felt a little like, eh, eh, you like that, right, nerds? Huh, huh? Hey, right. you get this. This is a reference yeah. you get. Like, oh, this is what it felt like. Oh, when he puts the VR on and the gloves and everything, it felt like what people that don't play video games or know anything about video games think that video games are like. You know what right. I mean? I felt very just like pandered to, like I said, like, I don't know. It left me with a weird feeling. I mean, obviously, I'm going to keep it on my radar. Like, I'll look out for it. But I just didn't know if he really captured, you know, captured me with that first trailer. Maybe the next one. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I thought like it, it was what I was getting mostly out of the trailer was more like one of those visual spectacle kind of movies. Like the right. visuals were very uh, they caught they they really caught on with me. Like, I really liked what I was looking at on screen. Um, mm-hmm. And for that alone, I think it, it might be worth going to see. But I, I really I really want to get into the source material and I've heard nothing but really good things about it. And my I, I've even 
heard as far as my friend telling me that it's one of the best books he's ever read. Um, yeah, him being I, like me, big like gamer and all that. But everyone that reads the book, I think, is going to come out of that movie being like, the book was better. <laughs> that's how it goes, Prob- right? That's so probably you, like, yeah. like usual. Yeah, you might usual. just ruin the movie yeah. for yourself if you read, maybe read the book second. Uh, one kind of telling thing for me was that they made a big hubbub about his next movie or the remake of uh, Encounters of the Third Kind. Is Spielberg oh, yeah. actually handling that one? I'm like not the sure. Remake? Okay, I didn't but read like too much. I thought it was weird that that in the news cycle that that came out while people are still like hype on the Ready Player One for trailer, you know, over Comic Con weekend. So I don't know. Like I said, like it looked cool. Like if I if I just turn my brain off right and just watch it, be like, yeah, that's stuff I like. But when I think about it, like, uh, huh, it, it, it reminds me a little bit of what's the you guys will know this. I don't watch TV, but I know it's like the most popular show on TV. Sheldon. What's the name of that movie? Oh, the Big, or that Bang show? Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Like, I hate that TV show mm-hmm. so much. I'm sorry if you guys like it. No, you and millions I feel, of Americans. I feel so fucking pandered to that. Like, hey, nerds. Hey, you get it, right? Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Like, that is, to me, in my opinion, that's how to do that genre wrong. You're really making fun of those people, not really celebrating them a lot is the impression I get a lot. Now, if you want to do that kind of thing for that demographic i think uh, silicon valley on hbo is is kind of the way to go i don't know if you guys watch that show but i think that show is hilarious yeah i've heard good things about that show yeah i'd pick that over nope. a big bang theory any day of the week if big bang theory is on tv i turn it or i turn it off or i just walk out of the room like i can't i can't stand it yeah i, I don't know i don't incensed. know if it, like I, I get what you're saying though with big bang theory with i would like kind of just tries to pander to you or to like pander to like nerds quote unquote whatever um, but like one of my favorite movie or moments in TV where I've like just I don't know if it would really be considered pandering, but it was like a huge re- like it was a very stark reference in like jab was uh, like I don't know if you guys have seen Rick and Morty, but there's a there's a part in Rick and Morty where uh, Rick comes in and he's like, hey, guys, I just came back from Walmart. I got a bunch of th- uh, Zelda themed 3DS's. <laughs> I, I, I bought like 20 of them. I'm going to stuff them all in this safe. We're going to wait a couple months. I'm going to put them all on eBay. And mark them uh, up about 500 percent. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was no, really that, great. No, that's you a do. smart joke. I think. No, I was, dude. I was, I was on the floor dying. That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah. yeah so, what other trailers do they have? Uh, so they also had a DC came out, and so they had their panel, and as mm. DC is with their cinematic universe, it's not good. Um, but the panel, they they confirmed that uh, Wonder Woman two is happening. So I guess that's cool because the one good DC film has a sequel in the works. Very nice. Very predictable. Yeah. Um, I believe they released some Aquaman footage, like the standalone Aquaman movie. So oh, that's okay. still coming out. Yeah, apparently. Uh, and then that's they released happening. a five freaking long minute trailer of justice league, which I guess, you know, I mean, considering the movie is like nearly three hours long, I guess five right. minutes is a trailer, but woof. Right. Yeah, dude, the, the, that movie is just coming together like two trains colliding and just a crazy ball of fire. Like they're, yeah. they're scrambling to do all these research reshoots with Joss Whedon. Did you guys hear all the controversy about uh, uh, Henry Cavill? No, what's the guy's name? The Henry plays- Cavill. Superman. Yeah, Superman. Yeah, about his mustache and how they're literally having to spend millions of dollars to digitally digitally remove his mustache for these reshoots (laughs) because he can't shave it for the role he's in now. Like he's shooting, you know, another movie simultaneously. Have you heard about that? Oh my god! Yeah, I did hear about that, but I didn't hear it was that much money. Millions. Can you can you believe that's someone's job? That's probably like that's seriously like probably like three Koreans' jobs for the next like. (laughs) four months is to take (laughs) out you know what i mean seriously like take out all the hair off his upper lip shot for shot for shot for shot frame for frame 
all day long. It's insane. Yeah, one that's at obnoxious. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, um, in terms of because like I mean it's no secret on this podcast and I'm probably the only one that's a DC sympathizer. Um, and I don't know when I look at that trailer, it's like it's looking better than the previous one. I think I think it's coming together a lot better. Low bar, but low yeah. bar. Yeah, but it, it's better than the previous trailer. Um, and it's kind of turned me around a bit on how they're handling some of the characters. Like originally I was kind of very disinterested in the, uh, the flash cause it kind of made him look boring. Mm-hmm. But I think in the new trailer, he kind of looks better. You know, he looks funnier and, and that's the flash from is, the show, right? Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Is that the, the, the flash from the CW show? I'm not sure actually. Cause I, I, I don't think watch that's part the, of the appeal. Okay. I think that's part of the appeal is that it is. Okay. Cause uh, I don't okay. watch the CW, but I'll show, default so. to your, your brand for that, Robert. Yeah, I mean, I'm As not the sure. DC fanboy. Yeah, because I don't watch the CW show, so I can't really okay. say for sure. Um, okay, yeah. Yeah, but... So what was your thoughts on the trailer? Yeah, I, I watched trailer three, number three, but I didn't watch, like, the five-minute release. Like, where's your confidence level with this movie after watching five minutes of the film already? Uh, I think the word I'm going to use is hopeful. So I'm not confident it's going to be good. I'm just hoping that it is. So the five minutes sense. didn't increase your your faith? I think it'll tell a decent story because like most DC stories are very good in my opinion. Like the, the original DC the stories comics, like in the, the comics. Oh yeah. yeah in the comics or like oh, the animated percent. movies. Those stories are incredible. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be using, um, you know, a really good story. I think like if I'm, I'm kind of guessing what story they're using, um, but I think they're going to use a pretty strong one. I think it's just a matter of how they play their cards because at the end, uh, we all know that Superman's coming back, you know, like that's just going to happen. We just mentioned right, how Henry Cavill right. is getting his, you know, mustache digitally removed. Like he wouldn't be in the film if Superman wasn't in the film. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, his upper lip just looks really shittily CG'd on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They just put uh, SpongeBob's mouth on top of his. <laughs> the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. But they end the trailer, the, the, the whole five minute sneak peek with like, supposedly a, like it's supposed to be a really mysterious shot of um you know bat uh fucking batman's butler that i and his name is escaping alfred, me right now alfred. alfred thank you jeez it's funny um, how your brain just turns off when you have a mic actually in front of you so it, i feel your pain is. yeah um, <laughs> yeah but it's like alfred looking off the screen and it's like he oh, said that yeah. you'd be coming back and it's yeah. like i don't know what they're going with that like are they trying to go for a like a reaction of like who's that who could it be because exactly. no one's thinking that absolutely no one's mesmerized by this it's like oh sh- duh it's clark like the well i think some people are right. like speculating that it might be green lantern too is what i heard a little bit about but who knows you can kind of see the reflection in alfred's glasses there is no green there so yeah i don't know i mean, it's my my money is on it's clark he's back oh, from his coma percent. like easy yeah. right so. it's just a uh uh red herring or something like that right yeah so i think with this film what it's going to end up being probably decent um decent action because like a lot of the the shots look very good i think uh you know it's like fun to watch like i've always joked how the dc movies are good live action dragon ball movies and i think yeah. that this this movie is going to live up to that moniker as well whether it tells a lasting story or uses its characters very well or builds on the hype that Wonder Woman has built, mm-hmm. I can't be confident in that. Right. Yeah, I um, I liked a lot of like the visual stuff that was going on. However, the actual CG in that trailer, I think it was bad. Mm. 
I think the CG was real, like pretty damn bad. Like Ooh. it was just extremely noticeable in every shot. Like I could I could point out every frame in that trailer, and I was like, there, there's CG, and Cyborg looks so CG'd out, dude. That like, yeah, he bothers me. His character yeah, design bothers it's me just, in a weird way, in a very Fantastic Four kind of way, like the thing. Yeah, it, it's like every time he's on screen, I was like, holy, like it's more noticeable than Iron Man ever was. Yeah, to me. Mm. So I think when, especially when you sandwich it in between Thor Ragnarok and then other Marvel trailers, you know, it, you can kind of definitely see the CG a little more. I mean, it's a different style. It's the Zack Snyder style. It's the real desaturated color palette. You know, it's kind of yeah. darker world overall. Very stormy. A lot of storm clouds everywhere. A lot of lightning flying all over all over the place. So. All right, yeah. I'm, just, I'm interested. Know. I mean, I'm I have to see it now out of morbid curiosity. We've been talking about it so many times on this podcast. Like, I have to know now. I have to I know mean, what Joss Whedon did. I want. I have to know how m- the mustache got removed. <laughs> like, the mysteries <laughs> must be answered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely not one of those movies. I'd be like, I need to see it. But if a group of my friends is like, Hey, let's go see the new Justice League movie, I'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah, and for me, it's probably like I'm probably gonna try and see it as soon as I can. Just so I, because at this point it's just closure. You know, I just like I just want to know yeah. if it's bad. Well, aren't, aren't, isn't there going to be like two? Is like, isn't there going to be some crazy thing that happens in this movie? And then like the sequel, um, or is this feel, a one-off, like three-hour like, opus? I don't know. I remember reading maybe something about that, but I can't really say for sure. Okay, who's the big bad in this too? Like, I don't even know. Is it is it Lex Luthor? No, I believe it's a uh, Dark Side. So it's not even Lex Luthor. Who they're fighting. Oh yeah, they don't well, even hint. Do they even hint who like it is in the trailer? They, I mean, you know they what? It, it is hinted in there if you're looking for it. But I watched that trailer like three times and I missed it the first two times. Yeah, I don't think they say it explicitly in the trailer, but I'm pretty sure it's Dark Side. I want to say. See, I don't um, even know. Okay. I don't even know that much about him to get excited. Uh, well, the thing is, Lex Luthor is Little League in terms of like, uh, how do you describe it? Like damage that a villain can do to the world mm-hmm. and the universe. Lex Luthor is a little league kind of guy compared to what Darkseid can do. He has like okay. armies of demons that like you know attack. Is Darkseid basically the Thanos of DC? No, I don't. I don't think we can equate him to that. Okay, but he's like a very powerful like planetary, like interplanetary being. I believe. I I think from the outside looking in, I think they're doing a somewhat poor job at communicating who the big bad is. What is the existential threat even? Like, it's just, to me, what I get from the trailer is like, okay, uh, Superman's dead. Maybe he's coming back. Maybe he's not. But I don't even know, like, what they're fighting towards. There's a bunch of jumping around, a lot of people landing and saying some quick quips. But I don't know why, like, we're even together. You know, I, I just don't think the trailers are doing a good job communicating that to someone who isn't intimately familiar with the comics. Do you agree yeah. with that, Colin, or what do you think? Yeah, like, I really don't know what's what's going on. Like, I, I okay, keep in mind, I also didn't see Batman versus Superman. Uh, so there's that. I saw Man of Steel, didn't see Batman versus Superman, or, and I haven't seen Wonder Woman yet either. Oh, so, you gotta watch Wonder Woman. You have to. Yeah, I, I will see it at some point, because I hear it's actually very good. Uh, we, we, did, we did talk about it, and it sounded <laughs> very good from you guys, what you guys described. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I just... I was like, okay, they're introducing the heroes. They're showing some action-y stuff. Then what? Like, what's the story here? Yeah, I think we've said it before on this podcast, but the trouble that this movie is going to have is that it's introducing, like, what, three? Like, you've got Flash, Aquaman, Cyborg. Um, Yeah, it's introducing, like, three brand-new pillar characters in one movie. And and then yeah. it's also oh there's a lot of problems here and then it's also coming out before like some proposed Aquaman standalone mm-hmm. like this is not how you do it 
Yeah. Like, you yeah, know, it just sounds should, messy. It, yeah, it just sounds it is. messy. It's very, it's very hodgepodge. It's very just, you know, kind of slam it all together. Hope for the best. And even Wonder Woman's like standalone came out after she's introduced. It's just ill conceived. So. Like, honestly, though, like there's not really a part in that trailer that really like there's nothing really in that trailer that stood out to me. Like, it seemed, it, yeah, you know, I mean, it seemed very by the numbers, right? Like, yeah, it did. Sure it seemed like a typical everything. superhero movie trailer. Yeah, like, like I yeah. said, it's, we've been talking about so much. I just have morbid curiosity, so I'm gonna watch it. I'm probably not gonna like it, but I'm willing to give Joss Whedon the benefit of the doubt. They are doing all these extensive reshoots and kind of um, a recut of everything, so they're trying, right? They're trying the best they can with the cards they're dealt. Um, so I'm, I will, I will go see this movie. I, I yeah. have to. Wait, know. It, was that was that J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't that like, funny? He's like Spider Man's boss so, one day. You're one. I film love it. And then, oh, speaking of that, by the way, we I know we were talking about Spider Man a little bit, but it's kind of crazy in this in this uh, uh, weird kind of year for summer blockbusters that. It's kind of sad, but this Spider-Man movie, which is probably the best Spider-Man movie that's ever been made, is actually going to be coming in like below uh, performance-wise of all the other Spider-Man movies. It's going to be one of the lowest, like, grossing Spider-Man movies. Well, yeah. dude, Spider-Man sad. three, it was it's still up there as one of the top grossing movies of all time over Spider-Man two. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Like it was, it was just up there, like in terms of uh, opening weekend and all that stuff. You know, it's not, it's not oh the reigning champ anymore, but it's okay. it was there for quite a long time. Dude, it's that Nickelback factor. <laughs> the nickel I mean, let's be factor. honest so, so yeah. hero? but robert robert there huh. was one other trailer at least comic-con we want to talk about today yeah um did you guys see the avengers infinity war trailer i did how could we they never released it yeah nope i mean yeah, you frankly guys i don't even know if that movie is a thing uh, anymore it's like kingdom hearts 3 you know if we're not seeing a trailer now like <laughs> I'm kidding. Guys, Every time someone um, says Infinity War, I keep thinking Infinity Ward, as in Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, no, this, is the, this is the movie where they uh, buy every one of the Avengers a PlayStation 4 and, <laughs> and sit them all down <laughs> to play uh, Call of Duty World War II. Yeah, over some shawarma. Call, no, Call of Duty <laughs> Infinite Warfare. That's funny. So, <laughs> no. the trailer leaked, though, and I, it did. I did see it. I'm pretty sure their legal team is probably really trying to pull down any videos that are showing that, but I did get to see it quickly, and I will say when we're especially when we're talking about CG quality when you watch the Justice League trailer and then you watch the Avengers Infinity War trailer like it is starkly apparent how awesome the um, CG looks like in uh, Infinity War I was pretty awed just like the audience was I mean they were gasping and cheering and you see some crazy things go down in that trailer and it's pretty long and there's a lot of reveals. There's a lot of character makeovers that you would not expect. Actually, a lot of characters look a lot different than you think they would look. So it's really cool. I don't want to spoil it too much, but man, I it, it, it does its job. It's one of the most hype trailers I've seen in a very long time. Dude, like I tell you what, like I'm just going to talk about CG for just a second here. So I, I've been watching like a lot of Lord of the Rings behind the scenes the past couple days a little too much. But let me tell you. Lord of the Rings, like those films hold up just so incredibly well. Oh, yeah. And they, they use so much CG, but they just the way they did everything and the way they went about everything is just insane. Like there's not there's hardly a single shot where you could point out in those movies that like, oh, that's very obviously CG aside from Gollum. Mm-hmm. But even he looks good. I mean, they're modern classics. I can't believe we're coming up on like 15 years now, right? Dude, since they came out. They, they, it's like they they talk about it and they're like, yeah, we started filming in like 1999. Yeah, and it's like, dude, every bit of those movies just it. You, 
no, it just aged. It's just aged so well. Like it, it's, yeah, it reminds it's ridiculous. me. Ridiculous. It reminds me of maybe it's just the simplistic nature of it, right? They weren't trying to be like you know the most. Uh, you know, highest resolution or whatever. They just were looking for like sheer beauty, right? And very right. Easy, easily communicated images. For, you could see from a distance, would look good up close. It kind of reminds me of like Nintendo or Super Nintendo graphics, right? Like they weren't trying to make the most beautiful, greatest graphics ever created uh, at the time. They're just trying to make something that translated well to the medium. And so it, right. it's, it seems like it stood the test of time, much like old school video game graphics did. Because you watch it yeah, now and you don't ever think like, oh, that looks crappy. Like you just think, oh, that looks saying. great. Yeah, it looks convincing. Because they conservatively use CG. They like they used it for wide shots. Okay, the Balrog was mostly like CG, but the way they did it, they actually like uh, like captured real fire and smoke and they used it in like particle effects and they mm-hmm. actually put put like... It was basically video that they formed and put over and overlaid on the CG model itself. It's like it is just the shit that they did to make those movies. Just that's that's just effort. Like they used miniatures, they used yeah. back, you know, green screens. They just the way they did things, man. Just like they were just so strategic about it, and the, like the like nowadays is everything CG. Even the fucking Hobbit movies fell victim to like CG overload. Yeah. yeah. That's you know, another yeah. tragedy that I dare not speak of, and kind of that segues perfectly to. <laughs> we can rant about it later. Yeah, that kind of segues perfectly though to another uh, tragedy that I am forced to speak about right now. Uh, Dunkirk. Have you guys seen it? No, we actually ended up going. So. Okay, I know it was up in the air or not. So, how in depth do you want me to get about this? I mean, um, it just came I mean, out this it's, last it's weekend. A, it's the number one movie in the country. You know, I don't know if I should maybe go into spoiler territory, but I definitely have opinions about it. I mean, it's it's history though, right? I mean, it's like it's pretty accurate to real history for the most part how in depth do you guys want me to go do you want me to wait till you see it or what i mean don't I, you don't have to completely spoil it but just i mean tell us what you think i don't ever plan on seeing it so i okay. mean do you, i do want to see care. it just i don't know when but colin you want my honest critique though yeah, yeah okay go for okay it. <clears throat> let me uh loosen my belt here so oh god <laughs> oh no ah <laughs> this pains me so hard to say this is very difficult for me to talk about subject. This I think is going to be remembered and I'm probably starting here with a bang, but this is going to be remembered trigger warning <laughs> as Christopher Nolan's worst movie he's ever made. Really? Yes. This movie okay. is very bad. <laughs> it's very terrible. <laughs> really? It's very terrible. And I'm so shocked because very, I was incredibly excited because I'm a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Huge Christopher Terrible. Nolan fan. Terrible. Wow. This is okay. going to be known as his worst movie. Well, and, question. Question. Okay. Worst. Okay. So when you say his worst movie, are you saying when you compare it to other movies, it's also bad or like it's a decent movie, just not Christopher Nolan's best movie? This is a bad movie. Okay. You will come out of the theater feeling bad. You'll come out of theater uh, theater thinking, what did I just do? Why did I spend my time doing this? There, It wow. is a feel-terrible movie the whole way through. You feel rotten. <clears throat> excuse me. And you're, like, really reminded of just the really sad, sick, sadistic nature of, like, humanity. And just how terrible the British soldiers were to each other, to their allies, oh. to civilians. Just, it's every man for themselves. You know, you you kind of learn like, oh, this is how people just get trampled. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in uh, stampedes, they just die. Like this is kind of like how it happens because right. with this kind of mentality. Oh, okay, it so- just feels so terrible. Now let me now let me tell you this with the caveat that it is by far technically and artistically 
on a cinematography level, the the most beautiful film he's ever made. Uh, the shots are incredible. Hans Zimmer's probably greatest soundtrack of all time. There are great things to celebrate about this film. Uh, the fact it's in 70 millimeter IMAX, if you're close enough to one of those screens in the country, I think there's like 130 or so, like you should definitely see it that way. I did see it on film. It was really nice seeing a movie on film again. I forgot how how cool that experience was after just being exposed to digital for the last you know twenty years or whatever. But I'm saying this movie has major problems, and you know what? Christopher Nolan is the person that has all the blame and deserves all the fingers pointed at him because he's the writer and the director of this. And this is a work of fiction. I mean, it's based on reality, but he wrote, this isn't like a biography, right? He wrote all of the events in there and all the dialogue and everything. This It's a fictional piece centered around the actual events of Dunkirk, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And yeah. so the movie just sucks. <laughs> it, it's not it gonna, sucks. it's not going to play to like middle America. Essentially. It's not going to play. If you like American sniper, or if you like, you know, those kind of uh, war movies, you're, you're not going to like this movie. And I just, I hate to say it because, like I said, I was so excited about this movie. I wanted to see it the exact weekend it came out. I am a massive Nolan fan. I love Interstellar. I love uh, uh, Inception, all the Batman movies, like even the third one. A lot of people hate on that. But, like, I, I love his stuff. I love almost everything he does. He's almost beyond reproach, which is why I think a lot of people are saying this movie is good because it is a Christopher Nolan movie. And I think they're just holding him kind of like on this pedestal and they're not looking at this movie like objectively. They're just saying, oh, well, I liked it. Of course, it's a Christopher Nolan movie. Duh, I like it. Like, no, this is a bad movie overall and I cannot recommend it to anyone. Okay, but so what is it about it that's so bad? Because so far you've just said, like, the worst thing I've heard you say is that it reminds you basically of how bad human nature is. But I feel like that doesn't necessarily make a movie bad. Well, for me, I don't like it's the way I feel watching it. It's the, I mean, I'm trying not to spoil it either, right? There are events that happen in it that are unnecessary and are just brutal and most importantly do not serve the story at all. Mm-hmm. They, it's just disjointed. There's three different timelines in this movie. There's no reason for there to be three different timelines. Memento, it, that's the that's the language of the movie. Is the is you're watching a movie in reverse? There's a method behind it. This one, there's it makes no sense. There's no reason why there needs to be three different timelines taking place over three different time periods. Like there's one timeline that's like a week. There's another timeline that's like two hours. There's another timeline that's like two days and they're all interplaying and intercutting with each other for no reason. They don't relate and it never pays off either. You're just like at the end of it, you're just like, why? Why? This is dumb. It's just poorly executed. I can't believe I'm saying this about, about Dunkirk, but it's one of the worst movies I've seen in this year, essentially, absolutely. In the last, in even in the last year, this is the worst movie I've seen in years. <laughs> wow. That's I know. so, yeah. so- so you okay so you say it's hard to follow and you're saying you're like kind of like disgusted with the movie i'm just disgusted with part of what makes it bad i don't feel good about it but like at least okay take some of the deepest most dark movies you can think of like schindler's list one of the most depressing movies you could ever think of there is still hope at the end of that movie there's still beauty in like humanity it celebrates like him trying to save as many people as possible there's an uplifting part this one is just depressing the whole way through and it just ends the ending is unrewarding it's just it's just not there it just it doesn't do anything for me there's no good arc to it a lot like a lot of people have been saying like it's it's an exhausting movie to watch it sucks like 
but like I don't know the things that I've been hearing is it's kind of like Saving Private Ryan where you experience no. it once and you don't really need to. Oh no, come back dude! To it. No, I've watched. Uh, no, I've watched Saving Private Ryan multiple times. I love that movie. Yeah, I, I, that's I'd a watch movie that, that movie again. That's sure. a movie you own. Yeah, like I think comparisons to Saving Private Ryan are completely unwarranted. This is not even in the same. Story-wise, okay. anyways, this is not in the same genre. Almost, this is like a depression piece. This is like a piece you like. You feel like <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but you feel like so. It's it's more it's more like uh, like what was that movie Antichrist with Willem Dafoe in it? It's more like Grave of the Fireflies that anime. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that's the movie. I it's never more like, to, like that. I've seen like, that movie what? twice. I so, do. Listen, listen. Funny that you brought up Grave of the Fireflies because. Oh, like no. so, I, I saw that at home like for the first time because uh, I just found it online because I, I was like going through a huge studio uh, Ghibli phase. Uh-huh. So I just watched it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Fuck yeah. that Ghibli Ghibli." I've heard it, but not is it Ghibli? I think it's Ghibli, but yeah, yeah. Because I've heard Giblets. it both ways. Yeah, Ghibli <laughs> Studio Ghibli Ghibli Studio Ghibli. Pork Roast. Yeah, Ghibli. Um. Anyway, um, I was like, "Fuck, that was depressing." So my <laughs> friends are like, you know, they had like the the gateway thing. Uh, they had the gateway. Uh, Studio Ghibli festival going on for like weeks, right? Yeah, and uh, so inevitably they came to the game, Grave of the Fireflies was the movie they were showing for the week, um, and so my friends were like, "Hey, we should go see." It. I was like, "Damn it! All right, let's do." It. I put my put my put myself through this again, and there, I, I could tell there was a lot of people that like had never seen the Ooh. movie before because it's not it's not like a very it's like uh, it's not one of the biggest Studio Ghibli movies. It isn't, but when you don't know what you're getting into, yeah, exactly in a public exactly. setting, yeah. like it's, it, oh, it's man. infamous for exactly. being one of the most depressing movies ever created. Dude, it is. So like, I, I could so like we're watching the movie and the movie ends, and that was the first time. I had walked out of a movie theater and nobody said a fucking word. Oh, man. And I, I saw several people just like tears running down their faces. Yeah. And like no, nobody in my friend group said a fucking word. Nobody in that entire theory said a, wow. a, a damn thing. Like we wow. walked out of that theater and everyone's just like. Yeah, you're depleted. Fuck. You're emotionally like, depleted. And that's kind of how you feel the end of Dunkirk. But Dunkirk, but Grave of the Fireflies has a good storyline. I think Dunkirk is just. I don't know what happened, but again, I want to reiterate, it looks incredible. It's his best looking film. The cinematography is fantastic. The The music is Hans Zimmer's probably best work ever. Like they brought it, man. Um, it's just the script and it's just the directing. And I think this is his big play at, uh, at an Oscar, right? This is his big play at an Oscar. Guys, I don't think he's going to be nominated for Best Director for this. I think this movie is going to get, when it comes to award season, I think this movie is going to get technical awards. I think Hans Zimmer is almost like locked in to get nominated for his score. But I don't think Nolan's going to get recognized for this, for writing, for directing, screenplay, anything like that. It's just a poor wow. film overall. See, And so, I, I hate saying that. So I walked into this saying I have absolutely no interest in seeing that film at all. <laughs> It just didn't appeal to me, like hearing all the trailers. But also, I am like a depressing human being, and I thrive <laughs> off depressing wow. media like that. I just sold like, you the film. See, <laughs> like, I, yeah, that's, see, I was thinking the same thing because <laughs> I kind of like shit like this. Yeah, I love Graves of the Fireflies just because you don't feel good afterward. It's just like a really cathartic. But you're not supposed to. That's the thing. Yeah. But, it's not but, supposed to be, make but, you feel good. But those movies, there's a difference though, guys. Like there's movies that are depressing and they're good. This is not a good film. This is depressing and it's not a good film. No, and that's like, fair. It, you, it, like fair I said, the best, the best thing I can say is it's just unrewarding. Grave of the Fireflies is rewarding in a lot of ways. 
to, to mm. watch. I think even though it's incredibly depressing, incredibly sad, um, there's none of that. None of those elements you know, are here. I think this is going to go down as like a real low for for him. Um, okay. Man, <laughs> didn't expect to have this conversation, but I was hoping to sing his praises. I was hoping to be like, man, this is the neck. Forget Saving Private Ryan. This is this is it now. This is, now. This is the new Saving Private Ryan. Not even close. And I can't believe that as a British guy, too, like he would say this about his own army. You know, the things that are said in this film, like I was like, but, wow, I thought I came out here feeling like that, you know, I want to be patriotic about the allies. No, not at all. Well, not it was close. historical, though. Right. So, I mean, like, yeah, it was supposed to be so, at least somewhat. But it's a work act, of fiction. All the words, you know, are invented. All the dialogue, <laughs> you know, the only thing that's true is here's the thing. The greatest. Th- OK, here's another thing that's really bad about this film. The greatest part, the human interest element of Dunkirk's events are that what the civilians come and rescue the soldiers. Right. It kind of has you asking that question like, hey, what if there's soldiers, American soldiers trapped somewhere and you had to drive your car and go pick up a bunch and put yourself in, in danger of dying. Right. Like, mm-hmm. would you do that? Would you do that yourself as an American? You know, that's kind of those interesting human interest questions. None of those questions get asked. The civilian part is such a minor part of this film. Spoilers. It's just so it, they, he, did, he did pay any attention to the part that makes this story what it is so great and so remembered. You know, it's such a pivotal moment of the war. So, like I said, watch so, it if you have to. Like, here's the thing. Like, I'm such a cinemaphile that I didn't see it 70 millimeter IMAX. And I kind of want, want to just to see what that looks like, knowing that the movie's bad. You know, so I probably will go see it just with that caveat. You know, like, okay, I just want to see a 70 millimeter IMAX, knowing this movie's going to be bad. But... If it wasn't for that, I would never see this movie again. I would never rent it. I would never stream it. I would never waste time on it ever again. If it wasn't wow. for that. Yeah. That's, that's some strong words. Scathing. <laughs> so, Colin, I mean, watch it if you want. I mean, I would love to hear what you guys think of it. If you disagree with me, like, yeah. please go ahead. I'm just, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it sounds like, I don't know. It sounds like it's more just a movie that's just showing the brutality of war. And that's that's pretty much it. Is it's what not even what really saying. the brutality like and and that's it like i don't remember really any blood in this movie because really? there isn't i don't remember a lot of blood it's not There's a no blood, blood or gore it's not a bloody it, gory movie it. it's not like that it's no. just about how terrible people are to each other you know and again to civilians and to allies and just ugh, it's just not good it's not eh, two thumbs down sorry <laughs> all right we can move on well all yeah, right so i'm curious jack <laughs> then Let's move on uh, to the video game section of our podcast. How many thumbs would you give Gigantic based on how much you've been playing? Okay, well, and gi- how much trouble you were having with it? Oh <laughs> man, yeah, just getting it booted up. Like, welcome to PC gaming one hundred and one. Just getting a game to work on PC is a, a game in and of itself. They should actually make a maybe a mobile game of like trying to get the game to work. Like that's the game. It's like a puzzle trouble game. Troubleshooting the game. <laughs> yeah, like Tru- like this is the game. PC troubleshooting like, yeah. simulator. Yeah, you're. Up- <laughs> I think it's kind of funny actually. Like you're updating drivers and you're like reinstalling <laughs> things. You're flashing the BIOS on your motherboard. I think that'd be honestly funny. though that could be used as like some sort of like training simulator for tech guys could or something be cool i don't know i think there might be an idea there for a free-to-play uh mobile game but yeah game no, the, devs get on it <laughs> the game we're talking about right now though i played uh just today actually is called gigantic it is the newest uh multiplayer online battle arena third person shooter uh, it's developed by Motiga. A lot of buzzwords. Pu- yeah, <laughs> developed by Motiga, published by Perfect World Entertainment. 
Um, Carter McBee was the designer, main designers running. It's an Unreal Engine 3. It's available on Xbox One and Steam. Uh, not PS4, though, so who knows when that might uh, arrive. But it was released uh, July 20th of uh, this year, so it's fresh, less than a week old. And it's kind of my first a real honest effort into trying to get into one of these MOBAs. It's kind of a third-person, behind-the-back kind of Gears of War uh, view or Resident Evil view. Um, and I am having a blast with it. The graphics are very striking. Uh, they remind me a lot of Wind Waker but like but like modern wind waker yeah i it's very beautiful game free to play i should say um they will sell you stuff though i i love calling free to pay free to play games i like calling them free to pay because you are free to pay as much money as you want to to unlock as much as you need to and they will take Premium, your money bro yeah yeah pr- trust me they will take your money like with this so, game and charge you while we're on the topic of the money so like the things you buy i mean is it pay to win or pay to skin it looks like, well, I mean, a little bit of both because you can pay to have different. Uh, you only have like, you know, five characters or whatever unlocked at a time. You want the other ones. You have to you can either pay for them piecemeal or you can give them 30 bucks and lock all the heroes for life. Mm-hmm. Um, also, though, you can have you can there's like boost packs, I think, to like boost your level as well. So, you know, take that with take that for what it's worth. If you want to okay. spend three hundred, four hundred dollars on this game, there are ways. There are ways, dude. Gotcha. And uh, it, but no, like I said, the graphics look great. The music is dynamic, so it flows with the um, with the game. It's a little hard to describe what this is. It's kind of five on five hero based MOBA where you're basically leveling up your character, you're um, defending points, you're attacking certain points. You're it's a sport, right? This is esports, yeah. Um, and it's a competition, and there's a lot of strategy behind it. It's incredibly, incredibly deep. I can already tell my short amount of time with this. I played through the tutorial. I played um, two bot matches where it's five humans versus five bots just to learn. And they do a great job at ramping you up, too. The tutorial is very well um, handled. It's very easy to follow. Um, and it, te- it it ramps you up. And then once you get out of the tutorial, then it's like, well, you have to play bot matches now. You have to be a certain level before you can play um against humans right so it's five five humans versus five bots you have to do that a couple times and then they're like all right you've unlocked it now you can play multiplayer 5v5 and that's where the game really opens up obviously and that's where i was getting my butt handed to me matches are typically about half an hour long or so so pretty long to like care about if someone's like you know uh throwing the game whatever on your team but not long enough to like really you know wreck you like dota games where they take an hour or two hours sometimes to finish so no dota doesn't take that long anymore it's not an hour no, I mean, it's oh, okay. roughly like 40 minutes to an hour. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. this is basically about 25 minutes, 20, 25 minutes to half an hour, roughly is what I've been seeing in the games I've been playing. And I, man, I the best thing I could say is that I can definitely see this game taking time away from Overwatch for me. Um, I could definitely see myself playing it more. It's free to play, like I said. Like, you guys, there's nothing stopping anyone from hopping in and, and downloading it. Um, it seems like it'd be pretty easy to run. Uh, you don't have to turn up all the graphics all the way, but the graphics look great. The dynamic music, again, flows with the... Uh, the game like if for instance you're you're in trouble like the music will get like kind of tense and if you're like victorious on things the music will get a little more kind of triumphant sounding so it flows with what's actually happening on screen which is really cool and you have to coordinate hmm. and there is a lot going on in screen in the screen there's a lot of different subsystems especially when you're doing a team battle or like a, a brawl like there's the screen is just filled with stuff it's incredibly hard to follow when you first begin but i can see myself much like overwatch like picking up on it you know like piece by piece as time goes on so i'm, I'm really excited and i'm gonna keep playing it 
so does it does it play like a lot like something like if you know i used to play a decent amount of league at least so could i pick up on it pretty decently quick or? i think the game's very accessible yeah like i said i downloaded it i installed it i was up and running and i was playing against people probably in about 45 minutes total it's not i was bad. playing right against on. people yeah so it's like the map the same for it's like a five lane or whatever deal or kind of uh, like it's interesting it's not necessarily like lane driven like that lane, at, at least well it's interesting because the the map that i played you both start on like these pirate ships kind of up in the air and they have these launch pads and as soon as you step on them they basically launch you to certain parts of the map so there is there is definitely like middle lane and there are side areas as well but i wouldn't say it's like exactly like uh uh over the shoulder dota right there are there are differences here okay. so you gotcha. basically are these these heroes, five heroes, and you, it's all about these giants. All right, there's two giants basically. The real fight is between the two giants, and you're like helping power them up, and you're you're trying to defeat them. So whoever defeats the other person's guardian or giant, whatever they're called, that's how you score in the game, and that's how you win. You have to defeat the other team's guardian, which is this massive creature. And so you have to feed your guardian by attacking people and like completing other tasks. And once they get strong enough, then they go over and fly across the map to the other guardian, hold them down. Once they're holding them down, their weak uh, point is exposed. And you have to not only get past the other team's players, but you have to attack the other team's guardian while it's being held down. The only time it's vulnerable. And you have to do that three times. First person do that three. First team do that three times wins the game. That's actually oh, okay. pretty cool. It sounds pre- yeah. yeah, it sounds actually pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. It no, it's a pretty cool game and again, very striking visually, great music. Um they have a pedigree here. This is the publisher of uh Torchlight, Torchlight 2. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, oh, okay. yeah, they have they have some good stuff uh going, so, so I, I definitely I'm, recommend playing it. So I have a couple questions about the hero pool actually. I'll try uh, to answer. Like I said, I haven't it, played too much this game, but Yeah, I know you're pretty new to it, but so how many heroes are there total? Like you said you have access to 5 at a time like in a rotation. But how many, um, like, using, if I bought $30, yeah. how much? How many heroes would I have? I'm using my non-photographic uh, memory here, and I'm going to say 15 to 20. Okay. So, I like, Overwatch numbers. Yeah, I think 20. Okay. So, that's not bad. And, and the characters, I should say this, are very cool. The characters, yeah, the heroes are, are, yeah, they have very unique abilities. There's a lot of opportunity to synergize. There's a lot of opportunity to, to combo moves. And, and work well together and there's definitely strengths and weaknesses and counters and to, to everything and i was basically paying playing a uh, offensive based character so i was just going in there and just damage damage right. damage damage as much as possible so like league of legends and dota like their characters have four abilities each and they're passive uh overwatch roughly like two to three abilities per person with a passive like how many abilities would i be working with on average if i were to choose a random hero you've got left click right click you have q and e are your uh, attacks and then you have a um, focus attack which you have to build up much like an ultimate in overwatch and that goes to f you have to hit f to activate it and then you have to hit f again to to unleash it okay because you can hit f and not do it and then save your charge mm. right so you can use your focus ability to either attack people in this fantastic uh attack event or you can use it to also i forgot there's kind of like a pokemon element to this game too <laughs> <laughs> there are points in the map where you can charge up the energy. You can kind of tap the lands, right, to reference uh, Magic the Gathering. But you can focus the energy and create 
<clears throat> a creature there and they're so far in the game it's one of three creatures and they will enable you to either recharge your energy there to um to put up like roadblocks there or to see where the enemies are located nearby uh, so you choose which creature you want to put there with your energy and then you use your focus uh, power to level them up so you can kind of level them up kind of like pokemon they get bigger and they get stronger so if the other team kills those creatures on those points they get a kill right and that counts for them to f- to further charge up their beast to go and attack yours sooner right okay? that's the, that's yeah. very mobile like yeah yeah so there's a there's a lot going on there's a lot of layers a lot to unpack like uh, like i said i'm not really 100 percent there at all yet I, I definitely want to spend at least you know 15 20 more hours with it to really like start get getting uh comfortable with the with the systems but it's right. definitely piqued my interest much more than most mobas do yeah, uh, this question may go a little bit over your head considering you don't have that many hours in it yet. But like most MOBAs generally they have different roles, you know, like League of Legends has the ADC, the support, the mid lane, mm-hmm. who's usually a mage, etc. Mm-hmm. Like you have certain expectations if someone says, yeah, I will go mid. Have you noticed that yet in this game so far? Is it kind of just like since everyone's still kind of new, it's kind of free for all yeah, haven't really noticed like a big lane play with it so far again. So I haven't noticed that, but I have noticed that maybe this is what you're talking about, that there are definitely like range characters. There are melee focused characters. There are magic focused characters. There are healers. It's definitely class based again. And the team that uh, has the best composition, has the best teamwork is going to prevail over any any five lone wolf team, period. Gotcha. Certainly. Yeah, it's it's definitely okay. gonna be interesting. I can't wait to see when people start getting really good at this game. I can't wait to see like the, the plays that they pull out. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be honest, this is kinda like piquing my interest. Like I might go and download it now that I have my PC back up and running. I mean, what's the worst can happen? So, it's a free game, you know? Yeah. Like very, very is, accessible. I was yeah, I was gonna say, uh, is there a lot of people playing it? Like is there a lot of people online? Seems like it. Seems like I have no problem okay. getting into a match. There's a countdown timer, like it starts at I want to say forty five and I get into a game before it gets to thirty, so it's very easy for me to get into games right now. Oh, okay. I mean, the game's new, well, right? It's it's uh, less than a week old, so it's got the attention. This is like kind of the most attention it's going to get in its lifetime, right? That, yeah, that's that's yeah. fair. So we got a lot of games to talk about, but did I answer most of your guys' questions for this? Yeah, yeah I think so. yeah, okay. for sure. No, but I, I haven't been the type on a game in a while. Um, I can, I definitely can see it taking time away from Overwatch. I definitely intend to play much more, and, and I'm having a great time so far. I kind of want to talk about the number one best selling game on Steam that shouldn't be the number one best selling <laughs> game on Steam at all, but it is. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Dream Daddy, a dad dating simulator. You're dating them dads, Robert I and them daddies. Da- dating some dads. Um, I will say, Who's your daddy. This this will definitely don't say that. This will definitely How sound like an excuse. How many cliches can we bust out? <laughs> Ten seconds. Go. <laughs> so this is definitely one of those my friends wanted to play it not i went out to play it on my own <laughs> why um, not but here's the thing after spending like i think three hours in the game like with my friends like we were all just sitting around the computer like you know like reading it together and like playing it you're dating dads uh, that's what you're doing yeah and now i'm kind of like i kind of want to just play it on my own now because it's oh, actually wow. like not that bad <laughs> wow <laughs> it's surprising how good it I is can't, you're playing it un- unironically no, I'm yeah, I'm serious. It's like not so bad. Um, developed by Vernon Shaw and Leighton Gray, and I'm pretty sure Vernon Shaw works with um, YouTubers Game Grumps. If yes, you know he does. Okay. Yeah. So um, the Game Grumps actually lend quite a few of their voices to uh, the game, oh, like to the characters I didn't realize in the game. that. So that's yeah. got to be part As of the in, appeal. So this isn't a Japanese developed yeah. game. 
No, it's Western. Oh, yeah. That yeah. changes the whole game Dude, for me. You can have you can have Aaron, <laughs> aka Ego Raptor, as your fucking dad. Yeah. Well, no, not as like, your dad, but as, as, as your, your boyfriend. Daddy date. See, I yeah, was taking this as a spiritual, the spiritual successor to Hoonie Pop, but it doesn't sound oh, like no. this is the case. No, yeah, this is very. This is um, I, I'm pretty wow. sure it started on like that YouTuber community kind of a feel, uh, and that's easily why it's getting such a lot of PR. I think. You know, because the game grumps uh, have a huge penetration in the market. It's making so, more sense now. Right. It's making yeah. a lot more sense. By the now. way, I actually I listened to a podcast the other day, and uh, Leighton Gray and Vernon Shaw were both on there, and mm. they were t- they were promoting this game essentially. Yeah, and Leighton Gray is only nineteen years old. Oh, now I feel awful about yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah, she <laughs> she's the one who drew most of these dads. Yeah. Oh wow. Well, yeah. hold on. Don't they say like I've read this somewhere? I can't remember exactly where, but don't don't they say that? Uh, what is it? 4chan is a website full of 30, 35 year old guys uh, uh, talking about like you know younger than they should be uh, females, and then Tumblr is the teenage girls talking about thirty five year old guys. <laughs> like, isn't that kind of kind of kind of the community? Yeah, I there? guess you couldn't say it's inaccurate. <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of interesting that a nineteen year old. Was, was dreaming up and drawing these dads dads to date. <laughs> See one of my one of my Ad favorite hoc. quotes. One of my favorite quotes from this podcast that I was listening to is they were talking about how like they announced the game and they were showing screenshots and stuff like that. And they said we, fan fan art was happening just like that, and even sooner porn started happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not surprising though. Um, I mean, it's the inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. Rule thirty four. Honestly, my time with the game has been pretty good. Like the sense of humor, the writing in the game is pretty solid. It's definitely gotten quite a few good laughs from me and my friends because it's just okay. I mean, are you laughing you not... because it's meant to be funny, or are you laughing because it's ridiculous? It, both. Because you could, dude, you get to date cute dads. Well, so it's I mean, meant, why so, that be but fun? it's it's very tongue in cheek, is what I'm saying. Like it, it knows it's, what it is. It knows what it is. It's very tongue. Uh, like okay, so there's a scene where like there's a barbecue and like all of the dateable dads and you are there and like why would this they, ever happen in real life? This is already unrealistic scenario. Because just because Jack, just come on. And uh, there's a point where like you know uh, someone puts some meat on the grill and oh, no. just a round of dad jokes, one from each dad in a row until all the kids tell him to stop it's really oh, great man. it's like it knows exactly <laughs> what it ridiculous. is and it plays it up so well um wow and you can you can customize your dad you can create your own dad um and <laughs> you can make your own dad yeah you make your own dad yep. uh, so wait, you, hold on are you the dad are you the well, dad okay, dating you, or are you dating you the are dad? you are a dad are you dating, dads other dating dads, dads? Yes. What? This is but, a dad on dad game? <laughs> this is a dad on dad game. What? I don't know anything about this. I thought yeah, this was so, a girl dating a dad. Oh, no, no. This is you're a dad. Um, depending on your dialogue choices, you could either have been married to a woman or a man previously. But you can't see right now, but my mouth is wide open. My jaw is <laughs> yeah. on the floor right now. <laughs> yeah, you're um, like your spouse dies somehow. So that's you're widowed, but you have like an 18 year old daughter who, by the way, written phenomenally. Like the daughter is a great character in this game. Um, probably my favorite character that I've seen. And, and that, that means like, I've seen a dad who is like a goth vampire dad, like literally like, imagine Alucard, but a dad. Why do they have to be dads too? I can't they just be dudes <laughs> because there's something about that. Dad. The, 
No, no, no. It's got to be dead. They, yeah. ba- they have like babies like on the baby carriers, right? Where they're like holding them in front of their yeah. chest there, and stuff. Yeah. There's like the, there's the fit dad oh, who like, God. yeah, he was your college roommate <laughs> and he has a baby with him at all times, like on the on that strapped carrier thing. Uh, you no, know, I, think I thought I thought Yoshi's Island was going to repel me from having kids enough. But now this game, I think, is <laughs> finally sealed the final nail in the coffin. Like it's yeah. over. No, hope. I, know, I mean, I'm I'm into this game just because it it's so funny. Like, it's really funny. I'm not kidding. It's really good. Now it handles itself and handles like the world it's in. Um, like, for example, you could make a dad that has Goku's hair like Goku from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Dude, I always <laughs> wanted Goku to be my dad. Yeah, oh my so you could be literally. Go- they even have the right eyes and the Where right eyebrows. Where am so you I right now? People <laughs> save me! Oh my! Gosh. You can literally Why? be Son Goku. <laughs> I just love how much Jack is like resenting this right oh, now. I, too I think far. it's great. No, I'd rather watch you, Dunkirk. <laughs> no, do do you want to resent me in this game even more? Oh, do you no. want to know what I named my dad? It's fine. It's fine. I don't resent. It's just shocking. Go ahead. What so, did you name your dream daddy? His name is Mr. Oxbig. Mike. Oh, my gosh. Oxbig. What is happening? <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, in the game, every time I introduce yep. myself to another dad, it's, hi, I'm Mike Oxbig. <laughs> stop it, please. Stop, stop, stop. Cut it out. Okay. <laughs> next game, next game. Okay. But, okay. So I, I am disappointed, though. I, I am going to be honest with you. I'm, the one thing I'm disappointed in is learning this is a Western game. I thought this was a Japanese game that was so good, so Japanese that it kind of caught on through word of mouth and like viral, you know, uh, and, and captured Western audiences. Now that I know it's developed by Western audiences for Western audiences, there's no way that I think this game is going to play in Asia. I don't think. Oh, no. Or, or no, even no, no, in no. Russia. Actually, this game would probably be illegal in Russia, to be honest with you. It would be. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I mean, see, no, like if it was Japanese, all the dads would be replaced by pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> That's a full it, boyfriend. So to be honest with you, kind of to be totally honest with you, it kind of reduces a little bit of the charm. Initially, I, I, I thought I was ha- getting for this game. Now that well, I know I- it's a Western game. Yeah, I think that's just a that's a product of what your initial expectations were. Sure. But like when you know that this is like it, like you said, it's a Western developed game for a Western audience. And it knows that so well, because the whole like, you know, dad bod and like dad jokes, all that stuff. It's very American. Oh, it's yeah. very Western, oh, yeah. you know, um, so it leans into huh. all of that very, very well. I understand now why, though, it, it is so popular now, because it seems like, you know, it's a huge joke. It's nothing yeah. about this game is serious at all. Yeah. I mean, you didn't play Shower with your dad simulator 2016. <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> God. Yeah, that's a real game, by the way, too. That's, is, a, and that's a disturbing game. It's an awful game. Yeah. The Game Grumps also played that one, by the way. <laughs> they got a thing for dads over there. Sounds Daddy. Like. <laughs> Sounds like, doesn't it? If they're involved in both these games, like, hey, but I digress. We can. Dude, maybe yeah. they, just, they, they, they just missed out on having dads, and so they're trying to make up for lost time. <laughs> I've heard like enough. They gotta, to, gotta have them dream daddies. They gotta have them dream daddies. Robert, I've heard enough ha- that that I I'm not gonna play this game. But I I, I applaud at you. All? No, I no, I don't have time. Wait, how, how much you. does this game cost? How much does it's, it cost? It's fifteen dollars right now. So no, on I Steam, yeah, I don't know if it's worth that price unless like for some reason you're really into like I gotta date those dads, <laughs> gotta gotta flirt with those wow, dads. That's so such a weird thing, man. No, I just don't have time <laughs> to play. Sale, I just don't bro. have time. If I had infinite time, maybe, but I don't have time mm. to play. So I'm not going to play it, but I will live vicariously through your dad dating experience. 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> I just can't get over how how upset this is making Jack. I'm not upset. I'm fine. I'm not upset at all. I'm smiling. Yeah. But I did play a, I guess, quote, real game over the past week if we want to talk about a game that uh, isn't just a joke. Uh, so I've been it's kind of a Japanese joke. game, Jack. So I've been playing um, a bit of a guilty, wow, guilty geared XRD Revelations or Revelator. You're such um, a fighting game aficionado I, now. I'm getting it. Like I don't know what it is. When I'm just getting like I'm I'm just missing a fight stick. That's all it is. Um, but yeah, Guilty Gear. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect with it that much. I just saw that it was on sale on Steam, and I've heard like it's good. And I saw like a couple games of it at Evo, and I thought, why not? You know, see what it's like. If I really don't like it, I'll refund it on Steam. Right? Yeah, I guess and, that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm into it. It's pretty good. It's it's, um, it's very deep. Uh, it's 2D, uh, cell shaded. Very. Yeah. Is it Japanese or is it Korean? Yeah, I, I believe it's Japanese. Developed by Arc System Works. Um, and it's very. Yeah, it's like anime as all hell. It's like so anime. Like if you scroll yeah. through the. Um, the list of characters like just look at them like it's insane how much character they have to them yeah like there's a character who's just on a mechanical bed that's standing up bipedally and it like drills you whoa and he can yeah. like teleport in and out of reality the art's awesome it's <laughs> See, one of the best think- looking games i've seen mm-hmm. yeah I, I love the look of the game and like the art style and especially like the how they do like the 2.5d thing uh like at least in the newer games but i think the funniest like the, my favorite part of like these games is you could tell they just threw in random English words because they sound edgy and they just <laughs> yeah. sound intense. Yeah, they don't really they don't make any sense, but they're there because like, instead of round they one, just, they go rebel one. Or is that blaze blue? Yeah, that I think that might be blast blue. I know oh, in okay. this game they do dual dual one, dual okay. two. Yeah, um, they, they just everything has to have that extra level of edge. Yeah, and instead it's of funny. like saying you know like round one fight, it's like duel one. Get ready to rock, and then, <laughs> and then you start fighting. Yeah. You can definitely tell um, English is their second language in this game. Like yeah. they didn't really care to localize it very much, but it is one of the best looking games. Period. When the camera yes. zooms in and you realize that oh they look like they're two D cartoons, but actually no, these are full three D models. Yep, very impressive. Just like that Dragon Ball Z uh, fighting game that came out too. Like just games are starting to look really really good now at least at least 2d games are yeah um i do like really like the style of it uh because you know when like most fighting games do this when you get to like low hp like your health bar flashes red or like you know something triggered like something visually triggers you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that like shows you hey like hey you're low on health uh in this game their response to that is just the announcer saying it's not over yet (laughs) it's like that slight hint of hope (laughs) like yeah you can do this you can turn it around yeah um yeah, so the game it plays very much like Street Fighter ish, which because I'm not a big fan of how Street Fighter plays, but b- playing like a couple hours of Guilty Gear XR is kind of like leading me in toward maybe like playing Street Fighter at some point. Because um, interesting, it's very, uh, don't start with five though for the oh, love of yeah. anything. Mm-mm, like no. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did actually play a bit of five with Colin at a bar one night. Oh yeah, um, that, we went to Old North. Yeah, um, no, but with Guilty Gear, it's 
it's very like you have a lot of skills to know like you need to know the right like half circles and quarter circles with you know the right button input to like execute the right skill that you need um not as much like i mean there are combos for sure but like you know i really like tekken because it's purely combos you know not so much like the right half circle input to like pull off this insane uppercut or something like that Whereas uh, Guilty Gear does have quite a bit of that, and I'm kind of getting into it more, and that's why I'm kind of like leaning maybe more into like playing a bit of Street Fighter at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll also like, help with your investment in a future fight stick. Help oh, you justify yeah. it. So yeah, yeah, I can actually I'll, I'll let you borrow mine and check it out because mine's I think it's mine's USB as well. Mm. Um, anyway, yeah, like when we were messing around with it the one night before we went out. Like I, it was just like the game just looked flashy. It looked it looked fun, especially that practice mode. Like how we figured out like you could actually turn you could. So here's a cool thing, Jack. Um, so we discovered while we were playing the the practice mode that you could actually switch and become the CPU character, and then you'd click the right there the left stick, and then you could do like a set of moves, and it would record the moves that you just did, and then you click the left stick again, and then uh, when you switch back over to your character. You can click the left stick, and that CPU will actually do the moves cool. that you recorded, so you can practice against them. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's yeah. how you can get those air so, juggles going, all kinds of stuff. Right. It's so it, it's just it's really intuitive and in letting you like practice and get like really get good at the game. Is it, wait? It I'm gives confused. you the tools to do that. Is this Street Fighter? Or is this Guilty Gear? Guilty Gear. Okay, that's cool. No, they they yeah. definitely have a pedigree. They this series is long running. I remember Guilty Gear games all the way on Game Boy Advance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they have definitely fine-tuned the series. And if I, I actually, I know it was on sale recently, but it would be a game I would definitely consider buying. Um, the music is very <laughs> oh, appropriately ridiculous. Yeah, the music is so anime. The backgrounds are awesome, but I just can't, like, I just remember, I'll never forget, honestly. It was a revelation for me in gaming. The very first time uh, that the camera zoomed in during one of the specials and you realize that they're actually 3D models, it, like, was a game changer for me. Um, mm-hmm. When Guilty Gear Zerd came out, uh, not Revelator, but Zerd, like, one or two years ago. And I was, yeah, and I was like, yeah. whoa, this is one of the best looking video games I've ever seen in my life. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. And so quality and, you know, to know that the gameplay is there and the and the depth of combat is there. Like, hey, it's like pretty much the whole package. Oh, yeah. Like, I could definitely like there's no way I'm ever going to be like super good at this game. No. I could take like way too much effort, way too yeah. many hours to even like consider myself decent. It's among it, yeah, it's among the deepest of fighters, two uh, D fighters. It's it's yeah. it's definitely you're in the deep end of the pool for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it definitely has its strength. It's definitely fun to play around in, and I'm like kind of itching to get back in there. Sweet. So yeah, yeah. And for if anything, it just makes me more excited for when Dragon Ball Fighter Z comes out, right? Because it's by the same developer. Right. Is Dragon right. Ball so, Fighter Z not out already? I thought it was at Evo. Mm-mm. No, it was at Evo though, right? No. Yes, I, I'm sure not, it was. Yeah, that's the if, latest Dragon Ball Z game, right? The fighting game, the 2D one. No, that's not out yet. Else? You might be I, thinking. Of something I know else. it's not out yet, but it was at Evo. Was it though? Yeah, you could. I don't, you could I don't play know. It be like a it. demo. They version had a, no. Or they had a tournament. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah. So who that knows? Maybe it was just a fun thing, but yeah, because you know, that think about it. That's their core, you know, target market there. Right. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's their audience. Which, yeah. by yeah, the way, sure. like, I don't want to talk about Eva too much, but like, uh, shout out to, to Tokido, who has been in the scene forever and has never won and taken home a Evo trophy, and he is the grand champion this year. 
Um, I thought the the grand finals or Street Fighter Four. They were on ESPN two. I thought they were uh, good, but not good if you were uh, rooting for uh, Punk, who was the eighteen year old up and coming, like really yeah. like the most uh, highly prospected American in decades. And and he cruised to the finals. He actually put Taquito in the losers bracket. Taquito came back. Met the guy who beat him originally in uh, a reset the bracket and put them both in loser's bracket and then won and pretty handily. And I think a lot of the speech of the experience he had because he's been doing this forever and Punk is new to the scene and just the pressure of being on TV, being on the big stage. So just real quick, shout out to Takito for winning the uh, uh, Evo uh, Grand Champion for Street Fighter Five, and uh, he deserves it. You know he's been he's been plugging away at this game forever. So that's all I want to say about that. Yeah, it's pretty solid stuff. Uh, Colin, what have you been playing for the past couple days or so? So I, uh, so on Monday I was like, man, I need to play something for this week. And so I was kind of just kind of going through my shelf, looking at my backlog. And I was like, I forgot I picked up this game again for the first time in years. And so the game that I I picked up was Jet Set Radio Future, Mm. but not just any version of Jet Set Radio Future. It was... The version of Jet Set Radio Future that also was on the same disc as Sega uh, Sega GT Racing 2001, I believe. Oh, so this is on original yes. Xbox. This is on this original is combo. Xbox. This is the combo that came for free yes, the system, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was the pack-in that came with the Xbox. The same pack-in that I got with my original Xbox when I got it in 2002. Wow. So this was giant nostalgia trip for me and this was the first time i've played the game and since i was probably seven or eight years old i got this i got the co- the current copy that i have now for 99 cents yeah. at a game store wow that, that's still the, a little expensive but yeah i mean the, the the standalone copy that they had on the shelf for jet set radio future was like 20 bucks yeah that's the expensive one the combo is the one that's like you know diamond dozen pretty much it, but it's so cheap how does it how's that um, game age my god has it aged well well really? okay Really? Yeah, like it, it for the for the most part. For the most part, it was you know I mean, I mean just like you know running the game and then hear, hearing the the menu theme the honestly honestly and then the bump and bass line <laughs> yeah. and dude it's so it's so the music is so the music great. and the style um, is definitely there. That was one of the yes. first uh, my exposures to like really high high fashion sense in video games back in the nineties. Dude, for sure. Like it's it's like persona 5 levels of stylish like that's the persona 5 is the bar for stylish games now and it's up there with that game yeah like i wonder it's just oozing i wonder if they have like similar uh uh crew that worked on one because i could definitely see them translating maybe i wonder if people Um, that used to work on that game work on persona now because I don't know, uh, because Jet, Jet Set Radio, obviously, like as a franchise, was made by Sega. Uh, the the first one being on the Dreamcast. Jet, I, so like, there's Jet Set Radio, and then there's Jet Grind Radio, which I don't know if that's a, is that a sequel. I don't know. No, about, no, I don't know much about that one, dude. Jet Grind Radio is the first one. Jet Set Radio is oh. the sequel. Jet Grind Radio was on Dreamcast in in two thousand. So wait, then Jet Set Radio was on Xbox. Green. Yeah, original Wait, so original the, Xbox is, is basically the sequel to the Dreamcast because all the games that were hot on Dreamcast, like Crazy Taxi, right. you know, all those exclusive well, games I, are on Xbox. Isn't now. there? There's Jet Grind Radio, and then there's Jet Set Radio, and then there's Jet Set Radio Future, right? There's three games. Uh, no, I think there's two games. I think there's just Jet yeah. Grind Radio and then Jet Set Radio Future. That's it. Uh, yeah, as far as I understand. Oh. Yeah. 
Correct me okay, if I'm wrong. Maybe I, I could be wrong, but that's how I understand. I'm pretty, I could have sworn it was just it was Jet Set Radio, just without the future on Dreamcast. I'll, I'll look it up afterwards. That's Jet Grind Radio again. Yeah. So, okay, okay. So anyway, uh, yeah. This this game, like, let me tell you, like, I didn't play the original. Uh, I mean, I have now, but like back back then, I never played the original before I played Future. Um, but. Uh, whereas the original was more of like a score based game, you're just going around collecting items and doing tricks and building a score. This is more of like a pu- almost like a puzzle platform. Well, tell the people that don't know what this game is. Tell them like what the genre is basically. Like what what does the minute to minute gameplay look like? Like what is this? so it's like is it a so flying basically, game? It's got jets in it. Yeah, like, what is right, it? right. So it is a puzzle platform, but you're it's a very stylish game that takes place in Tokyo, and you're bun- you're basically a skate like a rollerblading gang. And that then you're you're trying to take back Tokyo from this big bad uh, corporation called the Rokaku Gang or something or the Rokaku Corporation or something. This sounds like that. awesome on its face. <laughs> it does, dude. Yeah, and uh, and so like basically you're fighting the you're basically a, a gang of punk kids fighting against the police, and so like you're just going around you know like the core gameplay is you're you're getting around to the like all these different cool like well-designed cool levels that all have like their own distinctive uh, like sort of style or vibe that they're going for and you're going around and spray painting and graffiti like everywhere like and designated spots and you're basically going your objective is mostly to go around in very stylish ways like do as many tricks as you can get places as fast as you can to just graffiti as much as possible like all the different designated spots on your map and then you know you fight you basically engage in turf wars with all these different gangs and you fight the you actually fight the police and <laughs> fight is like I, I use that leanly because the way you actually fight in this game is um is interesting so you basically the idea of actually fighting in this game is you literally just run into like or skate anyway uh, into the uh, the actual police dudes, and then you knock them over, and then you spray paint them <laughs> while they're on the and ground. You also have to tag like walls, right, to like reclaim. Tokyo. Right, right. Like you're a big part of the game is spray painting and and tagging. Right, exactly. And it, it's like it's like think like gameplay wise, think think uh, think more like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater or something like yeah, that. Trick based, but even yeah, very trick based. You can never get out of your skates, i.e., skateboard. Um, but more simplistic. It's more simplistic than uh, something like Tony Hawk. Like you're literally just mashing the A button for, to do just about everything. Yeah, like, and so, we have uh, this series to thank for uh, Mark Echoes getting up. <laughs> if you guys remember that graffiti <laughs> game, like this is where the lineage comes from. I think I just went totally over your guys' head. I never, with that one. I never, no like, clue what that is. <laughs> I know Mark Echo is, or what Mark Echo is. Guys, he but, had like, a game I, called I didn't Mark know Echoes game. getting up. It was at E3 2005 when I was there. Like. Look it up sometime. It's for Dick. That's uh, that sounds like something of like for like of its time for sure. Oh, yeah, full yeah. of um, Oh yeah, for sure. Like that's like, kind of what this game is though too. It's like I think the time span in which this game came out, it would have only like they would have only gotten away with coming out with it at least to a Western audience at this time. Like it, it's because it was like you know the style was kind of similar to the Western style of like you know big bag of jeans and like hip hop influence and things like that. Um. But yeah, like so, it, I don't know. It's a, it's a very fun game. It holds up very well. Um, but I think so. I was I was experiencing a lot of slowdown while playing this game, like frame rate drops. Mm. Oh, really? And that's yeah, and that's the biggest downfall. Yeah, with a trick based game, like you need it. To yeah, be and that, that that so there um the, it, in a particular the, a particular level was very bad. Ninety nine Street. So it's this level that's like it's kind of supposed to like 
simulate the shopping district in uh, in Tokyo. Like a specific and one or just a generic? Like just a shopping district. Like okay. I don't think you could just say which one. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, a lot of neon lights, very crowded, a lot of people, like fountains. And so like, and the, the, it's like almost like a town square vibe. And then there's like branching places where you can go and spray paint and grind and go everywhere. Mm-hmm. So anyway, in the town square, there's a lot of character models. There's a lot of flowing water going on. There's like this tower that you can climb and grind all the way up. By the way, you can grind at a 90 degree angle. Not shitting you. Like, yeah, no. Normally, you can, I, I can do that. Sh- just straight up video games. And it, yeah, yeah. And honestly, and the funny thing is, they give like a reason for that, like magic. So they, yeah. So your skates that you are wearing, your rollerblades, there's something called grind tech, so they can grip like magnetically to like fucking anything. <laughs> science, <laughs> dude. Science. So anyway, that's that's where like I, it was so bad. Like the frame rate drop was so bad. Like it looked like I was playing in slow motion. Mm-mm. My roommate came in and he's like, "Wow, that character looks like he's really slow." I'm like, "No, wow, no, it's just a frame rate." You know, it's just, sad because this game did underperform and it did kind of kill the series. It's the last time that anyone's ever dare touch Jet Grind Radio, Jet Set Radio. They are released on Steam now. Um, but like very few they, people, they, uh, Jack, yeah, the original one yeah. got a HD treatment or whatever, yeah, but they, they thought of very fondly, but I can't imagine a world where we see another game like this again. So, I mean, I would love another game like this and I think there's a lot to improve on here, but he, so here's the thing though. So this frame rate drop upon further research, I come to find out that the reason why this frame rate drop is happening is because I was playing it on a 360. Oh, those so, bugs, the emulation, yeah. Yeah, mm. the emulation was actually running so badly on bad. it because I didn't, yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember it back in the day when I played it. I don't remember having that problem I wonder because if, I was playing it on an OG Xbox. I wonder if this is going to be playable on Xbox One with their backwards compatibility announced now. And if the, yeah, that's that a good issue question. will persist or will be addressed. Uh, you know what? If you like this kind of game, you want to play another one, you know, I have a suggestion for you, a Sunset Overdrive. Yeah. Dude, I've been dying to play that game, actually. Wow. That's the one game I actually do want to play on Xbox One, I, and yeah. it's very cheap. I sold my system, but I was smart enough to keep that game because I knew I was gonna. this is going to be one for the collection. It, it's a great game. I actually have, shameless plug, have a video review of that game on the Lantern <laughs> ah, <laughs> website, so go wow. watch that. Yeah, that'll be funny. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey. But let's move on to the new section of the podcast. So, mm-hmm. did you guys go to Pokemon Go Fest last weekend? No, I value my time as a human being. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just still shocked that people play this shit. Still, does yeah, anyone I'm, really play it, or did they just maybe pick it back up for this event that had been so highly anticipated? This is basically the fire festival of gaming now. But, but go ahead, Robert. Describe what happened. Yeah, okay, so Pokemon Go Fest. It was a thing that Niantic put on um, in Chicago where, you know, it was just like, come buy a ticket and you can come to this park and we'll have like exclusive Pokemon catches and like we might unveil a legendary and, you know, like all kinds of like little contests and stuff, you know, just a thing to bring Pokemon Goers together. I don't know if they call themselves that, but. Yeah, people who play Pokemon yeah, Go. It, it just, I want it to be like the commercials. Yeah, you know how they show the commercials there in the trailers where people are all uh, going against Mewtwo like in Times Square? Like That's, I think, what people were hoping for. Yeah, and instead you got a poorly, poorly managed event where they sold more tickets than I think the venue could hold. And not only that, but they had like slow staff in terms of like getting people through a line. And I can't imagine that's that hard, you know? Security like, would be see- a nightmare, I think. 
Oh yeah. Who and knows if there even was a lot of security there? Yeah. So wait, where was the where was this it's held like downtown again? Chicago? In, yeah, it's in Chicago, yeah, big right. city, um, f- fastest growing city in the nation still. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> twenty forty, um, fastest growing. City. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mean it's not Columbus, Ohio? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, so not only was the event itself poorly managed in terms of like getting people in and like making sure there were like enough there was enough space for all the people and all that. Um but the servers didn't work. That's like going to a concert and the musicians are like, "Ah, I I don't know, our guitars just aren't working." Yeah, you know, the stage eh. the stage sound doesn't work. Yeah, and they didn't yeah. I don't <laughs> even know if they planned any extra infrastructure with the cell cellular providers. I right, doubt it, it didn't seem I like know. it at all because no one could get online for a game that you need to be online with your cell phone. You absolutely have to. And then apparently, I hear that seventy-five percent of attendees did not even get inside the festival because those lines were such a nightmare. You're talking yep. about all the photos I see on social media are people waiting in line and not going anywhere. Like, wow, it just seems like a total bust, total waste of time. Were they charging tickets for this? Do you know? I, I mean, if they did, I don't know how much it was. I think they were they charging were. something. I remember now. They were because they said they're going to give everybody their money back. And they're also going to give them like $100 mm-hmm. worth of like Pokemon credit Pokemon or whatever. Points. Yeah, that's right. To tip Everyone Pikachu who sticking it. in his thong. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I saw a couple videos of like the event and it was kind of one of the most disturbing things to watch just because all the hype people because they're paid to be hype people you know they're paid to be like are you excited to play pokemon go are you excited to catch the unknown like let's get out there trainers like they're supposed to be these these huge hype people that get you excited to play the game this is their super problem right but the problem is no one can play the game but it's not like as a hype person you're being paid to be real with people right so everyone on stage was treating the whole event as if things were fine as if the servers were working and everyone was having a good time the whole crowd was chanting shit like fix your game fix <laughs> yeah, your game when People the ceo were- of niantic <laughs> got on stage they're they're like dis- dissing him like publicly at yeah. his own festival that's how right. bad this got it, yeah there were so, people throwing water bottles on the stage full dude, of pee dude, this this thing was just like it was just a cluster man Oh, and I looked it up by the way. So it, the the tickets cost twenty dollars a piece plus a six dollar fee. Oh, so man. granted, they were I think they were all refunded, yeah. if not yeah. most. But that yeah, that's that's crazy that they they were charging for that. What a way like, to just des- destroy a game that has you know already seen its best days behind it. Like these right. people, you know, are av- these are some of the most avid, ardent fans of this game, which I'll admit, even I fell into. Pokemon Go had the whole country basically. Oh, you know, it was good for that first couple months. It was, it was all out. it was fun. I can't believe I yeah. was having fun. It's the most fun I probably had with a Pokemon game, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a good alpha of a game. And then to was, treat their yeah, yeah, to treat their biggest fans. Some people came good from alpha. around the world. Do you guys know? <laughs> People came yeah. from outside of the country, all over the country, flew into Chicago for Pokemon Go Fest, and this is how it ended up. Man, what? Seriously, and like, it's kind of fun to make fun of, but man, it's just sad. Sad day for, in, for the community. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane because the price point is like, if I lived in Chicago, I'd, I'd consider a $26 price point to be like, yeah, I could install Pokemon Go again. That sounds like a lot of fun because the promise of the event is nice. You know, like, hey, we're all going to have this fun, like, a Niantic sponsored event at a park where you can catch all these cool Pokemon. Like Man. it's such an enticing idea. If you're really into Pokemon go guys and the fact that it all just fell through. Yeah. Ugh. So like what, like was the main appeal just to like 
it was every a bunch of people all gathered in the same place playing Pokemon. You're supposed, Go. To, get, was like, you're supposed to get like big exclusive Pokemon that are like so rare. Like it was supposed to be like oh. that was the major draw. Like get something here that no okay. one else in the world can get. Like you know, and they've done it before. They've released Pokemon that way. I think Mewtwo was first released at some event you had to be at physically to get him or something. If I remember correctly, yeah, they did a thing where it's like it was a contest, like if everyone at the park can catch like x number of pokemon by the by the end of the day they'll release a new legendary or something like that yeah there um, was definitely carrots on the stick but if yeah. the stick doesn't exist you know what i mean if there's no cellular cellular data like everyone's just sitting there chanting and and you know screaming in effigy at, at their ceo man it's such a mess yeah and then they bring in nickelback to save the day <laughs> that'd be the that'd be better than what actually happened which yeah. is just nothing. So I don't sad, know, because Pokemon Go could have been one of the greatest games of our generation. I, I mean, I'm serious. Like that Whoa. idea of like, because there are a lot of kids that are around my age that played Pokemon when they were young, and the a whole appeal of Pokemon is like be a Pokemon trainer. Right? I know a lot of adults and, like baby boomers playing Pokemon Go too. Yeah. So like the idea of like Pokemon Go is like finally fulfilling or the closest way you can get to fulfilling that dream of like collecting all these Pokemon, right? Um, and it could have been a great game with such good appeal had they like kept up, you know, with all the support they needed to give the game after its release. But, you know, when they released the game, they didn't release it in its full version, I would say. And, you know, there were a lot of bugs, a lot of things that already threw people off that wagon. And this event could have been a huge turning point. It could have been a like, oh yeah, Pokemon Go. I I remember that app. I could install that again. Maybe it's gotten better since I played it last summer. But now, like that game's <sighs> trash. It's dead. Yep it's it's done. Yeah, Pokemon Go. It's been a fun ride, but uh, yeah, it's it's got to be dead by now. If it wasn't already, <laughs> I mean, I, I yeah. haven't played it in, in over a year. So I mean, I would think this is like the final nail in the coffin of the story of they can't Pokemon do Go. this again like oh it'll be better next year right like they can't yeah. they're not no one's gonna buy that i would hope not at least who knows pokemon <laughs> fans are crazy <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, speaking of nintendo antics how about them snes classic pre-orders that Which just ones? happened the ones That's... that got canceled yeah <laughs> the ones that got canceled. so a little bit of background <laughs> the ones that weren't in the the only ones that weren't in the uk a little bit of background on the story um apparently there was news i think it was friday or, or so last week that uh the snes classics that we were talking about a couple of podcasts ago uh went up for pre-orders on walmart's website and they were basically within 40 minutes i think completely sold out of their whole yeah. allocation and then fast forward to Tuesday and it or actually fast forward to just Sunday and it turns out a lot of those uh, people that had thought they secured one of the consoles, um, which we know are only going to be on sale for a very short, small window this year. Uh, they got notifications that the pre-orders have not been honored and they're canceled. And so they're not going to get charged, but they're not going to get their system either, which they were probably pretty hype about. I would imagine the time they clicked that oh, yeah. buy button. You're pretty excited. That's something you put on Twitter, actually, you know, honestly. That's how cool that yeah, is. All them scalpers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them. I mean, most of them are. But anyways, uh, so fast forward to today, which is uh, Wednesday. And Wednesday. Yeah. And we come to find that Walmart, that wasn't an isolated incident. They're not only um, canceling several people's uh, pre-orders. They're going to go ahead and cancel 
every single pre-order that came through their website that day. Can you imagine how many tens of thousands maybe, you know, that was like how many people are getting that email and so disappointed? I mean, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was really mad. I'll admit it when I, I was in Florida at the time, but when I found out that I missed that window, I was like, oh, you know, I definitely, definitely it stung a little bit. But now it's just like, ooh. And I, I guess it uh, come to learn that that website actually got published by accident. And they didn't mean to put it up. It was meant to be a placeholder, but instead it actually got published to their commerce Oops. site. So, yeah, whoops. So that's someone's job. Yeah. yeah. And and, yeah. and then they, they broke the internet for half an hour, and now they're breaking it again by having to send out all those emails. Bad They form. just so happened to accidentally publish a page on their website that would get the highest amount of traffic probably at the internet on the entire internet for yeah. the this ha- the better because they're the, the first ones right they're the first retailer retailers to you know say at least to represent themselves as having this available for pre-order so i just i'm so shocked guys i mean walmart doing something untowards towards uh consumers like when has this ever happened before they're just such a stand-up company sarcasm yeah uh, <laughs> i don't know it's just i feel like this happens a lot with nintendo based stuff too recently right like i feel like the switch when that was coming out weren't there quite a lot of like canceled pre-orders um surrounding that from walmart yeah there was uh uh not it wasn't gamestop was it no it was uh i mean i can't say for sure if it was walmart that did it but like okay i'm more saying this might be more of a nintendo thing Right. No, it was Amazon. Amazon was like oh. a couple people got theirs canceled. Dude, Amazon. Uh, Amazon uh, overestimated how many how much they had in stock. Dude, Amazon is losing my confidence slowly but surely. They really messed up their Persona Five pre orders too. Like so many of those. Oh, yeah, it was all those got, people with getting the banged up boxes and all that. that. But then also like they just came like two days late after release and all that. Even though they had been pre ordered and guaranteed same day, they they really dropped the ball in Persona Five. Dude, Amazon did that to me with four separate games. They did they get you on the my day game it was released, really even though they have the same day guarantee. Dude, I think I got Bloodborne two days late. Hmm. Wow, this might That's be more crazy. systemic than I first anticipated. That's uh, disheartening. Yeah. yeah, it's happened to me several times, and I've I pre-order months ahead of time. It's not like you know I'm waiting until like a week before and then pre-ordering. Colin, just never pre-order ever again. Become part of the solution, not part of the problem. <laughs> but then, dude, I I. I seldom set yourself right? free, man. Set yourself but then, free. How do you secure an SNES classic? Cause I I'm willing to bet if you don't pre-order it, you're never ordering it. That that's a rare case, you know, and there are some yeah. big hitter blockbuster games on that console. But my argument is that, you know, especially if you already have a home console, like, are you really, how much are you really going to play that thing? Like it's, true. I, it's cool to have this, the thing with star Fox two on it. Like, that's a cool thing, you know, no doubt. But I am concerned, like, this is probably, in all reality, probably going to collect dust. Especially especially since there are better ways for me to play those games already um, for a lot less money. And so, you know, I, I just, I want it, but I definitely can see it taking up just shelf space. You know, I don't, I can see myself playing it a handful of times, saying, oh, that's cool. And then, you know, maybe beating Star Fox 2 real quick and then probably never plugging in and ever again. You really want it sitting there next to your TV with those five foot cables that you got to like deal with to play the games like, yeah, you know, it's and, much and like sit on the floor right in front of your TV to play. Oh, that game. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally cool thing to have. I'm just saying like, like all right, Colin, let's ask you. You have the NES Classic. How many times you actually played yes, it? Yes, I do. Uh, 
besides playing Dr. Mario over this past weekend, not much, but it's, mo- it's mainly because I leave it at my parents' house because I know my dad likes to, he, he probably plays it more than I would at any given time. He plays, he plays the shit out of some Tetris. Are you saying that he's getting um, his mileage? Cause Tetris isn't on that, is it? No. no, I modded it. Okay, right. Okay, so yeah. so you're a special case, right? Like, I'm talking about just the base system. Yeah. I just think it's going to be one of those things that people have and like, hey, look at this, check it out. But again, doesn't get played very much yeah. is, is, my, is my concern I have with the SNES Classic. Now, don't get me wrong. If I am online and I see an opportunity to pre-order it, bet your sweet ass. Um, yeah. But again, I, I, I can look down the road and be like, this is probably just going to be in its box you know, shortly after I play it and play the games I want to play. And it's going to be just sitting on a shelf forever. No, I, yeah, probably. But I mean, down the line, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could just sell it for some serious money down the line where it's even more rare. So man, I, I, I feel bad for those people that are getting all those emails. Cause originally we thought this was an isolated incident and they only were going to cancel a few, but the fact that everyone is getting the bad news, like bad form, Walmart, bad form, Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and speaking of rare things, so something that we thought was previously rare, I guess, has popped up on the internet again. So ThinkGeek came out and was like, hey, guys, so you want an NES Classic? Well, you can buy our bundles, but we got them. We got them. You can get them with a a Mega Buster, but we got them. I wouldn't call this previously rare. I'd still say it's very rare still. Incredibly rare. It's still rare, but we we thought this was dead and gone by now. Yeah, but now all of a sudden, hey, you can get an NES Classic right now if you pay extra money. Well, actually, you probably can't get it right now because no, 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 they're all sold out. Yeah, they're I sold looked out. at them yesterday when they just were listed, and they were already sold out by the by the end of the day. Right. This console cost so. sixty dollars. Hey, we found what thousands of them, right? Like they had thousands. Quote unquote, yeah, found. Yeah, found thousands of them yeah. for sale. But we, we hit we them right just, under this box. We can't just sell them to you. We can't be pro consumer here and just sell them to you at full retail price. You know, like how normal businesses run. No, we have to throw what eighty dollars worth of extra crap that no one asked for on here because we have this other merchandise. We need to move. We need to get this out of here. We got to make space for the Xbox One yep. X. You know, like like this is this is now. So we're gonna take this opportunity, this golden goose, and we're gonna sh- uh, shill all this shovelware crap on you. And it's it's not bad stuff. I think he has cool stuff, but the fact they're gonna make you buy like a Zelda plushie and you know, and like a sword wallet or some crap like that just to have the NES Classic is just rotten. And oh, I got words. I don't know. I'll let you guys go first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I was just um, like, I was just scrolling through Facebook yesterday, and I actually saw the listing myself. I went to the link, and I was like, "How the hell are these things still out there?" And I clicked <sighs> on all of them. And I like, I went through all the bundles just to see if they're still there. It's like, oh, no longer this product is no longer available, kind of thing. And I was like, "Why? Like, where did these come from? This this console has been dead since like January. Like, they're they've been nowhere to be found." And so, I mean, I think the only the only explanation is like they clearly held some back, or either that or they they found like a random stockpile somewhere. No, they're smarter than that. But I doubt that GameStop. Like they had to have been holding them back. There was like, oh hey, we should hold these back in case we have a day where we need to move inventory. So much I hate yeah. about so we can GameStop, bundle them with other shit. I don't know how you guys feel about that yeah. company, but I no, I don't. Like I them. refuse to do business, man, anymore. If I have a choice, the only way I'll do GameStop is. Same kind of thing. The only way I'll do Walmart if it's my last option. Um, yeah. But if you remember not that long ago, guys, they have a history of doing this kind of bullshit. 
they uh if you remember just a couple years it was a metroid prime trilogy and it was xenogear chronicles or xenoblade chronicles xenoblade chronicles <gasps> by the way guys you know these games that are selling for 150 200 300 online well you can get them now used used guys at GameStop for sixty dollars each, and they were they were quote unquote used, right? But you open them up, and you can tell when a disc has been touched or when a a, a manual has been opened or anything. You know, what I mean, you can feel that yeah. it's been used, and you can feel when it's brand new off the you know a fr- mint condition. And that's what this was. But they had repackaged them because if you remember, Metroid Prime Trilogy came in a uh, it only came in an aluminum or a steel case. Right, but mm-hmm. when when they were reselling them used, they put them in regular traditional white plastic Wii cases. Okay, and Yeesh. so they, they it was just so dirty what they did. They waited till the price got inflated, and then they said, "Hey, we'll sell it to you." There's no way that those were really used copies. They were actually just reboxed again, just to just to move it. And oh, it's just so rotten, man. I I, I always remember that. Bullshit. Yeah, I always remember that about that company, and then pulling this crap again now, just like. <clears throat> Man, you guys are just really anti gamer here. Like you don't care They're at anti-consumer. all. Anti consumer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just not it just doesn't really do anything for the consumer. But let's be honest, like the people the people who were able to secure one of these bundles, right? Obviously people who are really looking forward to buying an NES classic. Mm-hmm. Right? Like they're probably like trying to get into that first window and missed it. And they're really glad they found the second window. Or they were just scalping. <laughs> that too. So they can sell it back at even Higher oh, price, yeah. right? You see, right? Yeah. Yeah, the average, I think, what those bundles are going for an average about one thirty to one fifty, mm-hmm. and Over then double yeah, the price, I mean, triple the price of what they actually cost. Right, and yeah, they could easily buy that stuff. I mean, hell, they could resell the the bundle stuff too. But like the like those NES Classic editions are still selling for well over two hundred dollars on eBay. Yeah, and there's still eBay pictures of sellers with like a stack of like five hundred of them in the picture. Like you know, get it today, free shipping That's today. So I know people set bots and just auto oh, buy a shit ton of stock man. all at once god dude that makes me so mad it really does <laughs> yeah it's the issue wouldn't really happen if nintendo would produce more but it's all about that false scarcity just circumvent the whole thing guys set yourselves free don't pre-order anymore don't pre-order shit say goodbye to physical media <laughs> just go full-on paper street uh fight club just yeah <laughs> just start burning your hands with acid Quit your job. So, hey, man, yeah. you, don't, you don't talk about Fight Club. Come on now. <laughs> uh, what? I'm sorry. I, I didn't know Wait, what I was talking what about. What are we talking about? I don't know. What are we talking about? Oh. I don't know. Okay. So the, let's... His name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> so let's move into the uh, last little bit of the podcast. Jack, I hear you have a really good Would You Rather for I us I don't know if I'd say it's good. I would just say I'm interested to hear what you think. And I don't blame you either if you need me to clarify what this question even is asking. But I think it'll be interesting... I think it'll say a lot about your personalities, about uh, the values you may have. And so I'll ask. So this week's Would You Rather, again, I keep saying I feel like a broken record, but I consulted the interwebs for something good. Couldn't find Jack. Crap. So I... I have you looked down? Couldn't find Jack. Jack's right here. <laughs> so yeah, I, have you looked yeah, at yourself? Yeah, I know, right? So one of those All unfortunate right. names. So uh, I had to make up my own. So again, I'll I'll just say it. And I'll let you guys unpack it, and we'll see here. Okay. Would you rather never... You might have to write this down, too. Would you rather never be able to deny honestly or affirm dishonestly? Hmm. Deny honestly or affirm dishonestly? Yes. Which Which would you rather 
never be able to do. So does that make sense, Colin? Yeah, deny honestly or affirm. You could never say no or deny or have a denial. You can never say no when you when you mean it, when it's when you're being truthful. And you can never say yes or affirm anything as a lie. Right? So mm-hmm. think about all the scenarios that would even entail. So I'll let you think about it, but think out loud, Robert. Okay, I'm kind of leaning already toward the uh deny truthfully. Because right now in my mind, I'm thinking like a dude walks up to me. Can I stab you? Truthfully, I want to say no, <laughs> but I cannot say that because I have to be truthful. It's definitely so risky boots. Him, yeah. Yeah. So I tell him yes. And it's like, well, now I've been stabbed. <laughs> so I mean, there's all kinds of there's all kinds of scenarios like, you know, the classic the classic cliche, right? Where a girl's like, does this dress make me look fat? Like if you really think she, you know, if you really think that, uh, I don't know how this even applies to that, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> so, do you yeah. think I look fat? Truthfully, I'm going to say no. Like, no, it doesn't make her look fat. But then I lied to her, and I yeah. have to say yes. Exactly. So I'm telling her she looks fat, even exactly. though I don't believe it. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying, man. If you can never <laughs> affirm dishonestly, dude, you're gonna you're gonna end up with a fuck ton of hurt feelings. So, so again, which one would you not want to be able to? Do? Like, w- would you rather never be able to? I so I would never. I would go with never be able to deny honestly discuss that why really that's crazy you wait you never want to deny honestly well yeah because like like i said like if if you like if you can never affirm dishonestly man like god that would that would be hard so you just lie a lot to people (laughs) you just say yes all the time and you really mean no No, i mean i'm not saying saying? Dude, everyone on a daily basis has to do some sort of like form of white lying. I'm not saying I, I den- lie a lot I personally. That, yeah, yeah. Like, there's just a lot of times when you just have to you have to lie a lot in your daily life. It, I mean, it's maybe not be, you know, it's not obviously detrimental to anyone's health, maybe or like something absolutely dire. But like, there's there's just I mean, you can't. I don't know if you could go without it necessarily. It's uh, I mean. Uh, your daily life would get a lot harder if you can you can never like affirm to someone in a lie you know right just be a straight up dude yeah i mean you could but here's here's what i think the the reason why i'm leaning toward i'd rather never be able to affirm honestly is because if you always say like at the very least you can't say no to things that are true Mm -hmm. right you would be the weirdest fucking dude (laughs) All, all we'd have oh, to do. Wait, wait. Like, okay, yeah. Now that I think, I guess I wasn't really thinking that. Like, let's that. say yeah. you and I go to a bar, and it's like I'm your wingman, but instead of me helping okay. you, I just like ask you questions. Do you visit DragonDildos.com often? <laughs> and you, have, you have to say yes. You have to you say, yes. say no. Shit. You can't lie. <laughs> or you can't tell the truth. Just, I mean. Yeah, yeah, so it's like really bad. It just doesn't. So, help. so basically, like, and then yeah, once your so friends like, caught wind of your like condition, <laughs> they're just gonna go around recording things you say all the time. <laughs> Holy shit, dude! Like, fuck. Okay, dude, ask Colin anything. He'll say yes. He'll say yes. Yeah, dude. No shit. Okay, like. Wow. It goes both ways yeah, though. There's so really like, no right answer here, right? Like, it goes both. Like the other way, yeah, could totally it, screw it's you too. Like so basically like are you're basically saying like so do you want to be, be able to like never tell the truth or be basically or no no never no no it's why? no it's not that cut and dry you can you can uh no you would still yeah. be able to affirm honestly 
if you're denying dishonest or honestly, and you'd still be able to deny dishonestly if you chose affirm dishonestly. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You can still say in one scenario, in the first scenario where you're denying honestly, you would still be able to affirm as a lie. Okay, and you still would be able to affirm Uh, as the truth too. In that regard, Uh, and but But if you cannot deny it, yeah, you yeah, one scenario you can only deny honestly, or you can never affirm dishonestly. So you, it's not like you're given, it's not like you're choosing truth or lies all the time. If that makes sense, depends on whether you're being, or if you're saying yes or no. Is that that's a lie? Yeah, like honestly, I'm kind of leaning more towards uh, Robert's side on this too, because now that I think about it, it's like I'd rather I'd rather be able to just, you know, I mean, I might be forced to tell someone the the truth even when I don't want to but I guess that kind of like out like I kind of like outweighs it like I guess because I I definitely am I would consider myself sometimes a brutally honest person so like um I I guess I wouldn't really have a as much of a problem as some people would be um not being able to affirm dishonestly yeah let's mm-hmm. let's so, unpack a little bit Robert the other scenario what's the other side of the coin what are some well, some so, situations so the you other scenario so the other scenario, right, is like you're just a straight shooter all the time. Like your example of does this dress make me look fat? Yes, it does. Because, you, you know, you have, you can't really say no, right? Mm-hmm. If it's if you're right. lying mm-hmm. and if you really think that it does make them look fat. Um, but I'm more of a fan of the idea of just being a straight shooter in general. You know, I mean, like I had a degree in journalism. You know, the truth is kind of like that golden standard to me. Yeah, so you'd rather um, so you'd rather be able to deny honestly rather than not be able to affirm dishonestly, right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. I think so I'd rather this, this wording know, is getting dude. so fucking I know, confusing, it is confusing, dude. It's, it, like, it, it's a little bit like an onion. You got to peel back the layers. No, I get yeah. it. I think we're all oh getting a little confused now this late in the podcast. So yeah. maybe we just keep yeah. going. But we want to know what you guys have to say about it. You know, so hit us up again on on Twitter. Hit us up on email. Uh, Tiny disc podcast at gmail.com let us know what you would rather also give us your ideas as well for the future but yeah we should probably move on to the the last part here sadly we should unfortunately yeah um so in lieu of an actual like you know sign off with all of our twitter handles and all that i think it might be best to kind of leave this ending here for someone who i think has affected all of us in one way or another um and if you haven't heard the news yet uh, Chester Bennington, one of the lead vocalists of the band Lincoln Park, hung himself last uh, Thursday, I believe, and he's now not of this world, leaving Lincoln Park with one less vocalist. So I think what we can do, we can go around uh, this this circle of us, and maybe we can just kind of talk about maybe some of your earliest experience where, you know, like you recognize like, oh, I'm listening to Lincoln Park. Yeah, I uh, I took that news way harder than I thought I would. And for some reason, man, I don't know what it is about July time, but uh, there's a pattern of, like, losing people, like the world, you know, like pop culture loses people in July. I don't know what it is, but for me, uh, in 2013, uh, July 3rd was when also um, Ryan Davis from Giant Bomb uh, tragically died, like, three days after his wedding, too, which is, like, extra worse and so, you know, he's someone that I never met in person, but like his his passing like really affected me in a lot of ways. And uh, Chester Bennington is someone who since 1999, 1998, somewhere around there, you know, I've 
has has you know added value to my life you know has enriched my life in some way through the music through just kind of his interviews and just his overall personality and it just came totally out of the blue for me but when you go back and listen to a lot of the lyrics and stuff it really wasn't just an act like you know what i mean like oh, he's singing yeah. this stuff like as like therapy you know and he definitely helped a lot of people i think deal with a lot of problems like it wasn't a show it, he came from a history of abuse and, you know, and he put it out there for people and, you know, he was trying to help himself. And so he leaves behind like a big family. Um, it's just really, really sad. And like I said, it really affected me. I had to like take some time to sit down and be like, whoa, I never thought that I would ever hear that Chester Bennington passed away. He seemed like one of those rock stars that kind of had it all put together and they, they're still together, you know, as a group. And so it just totally blindsided me. And I guess he took uh, uh, Chris Cornell's death a lot harder than I thought. I think he actually... Uh, did pass away on Chris Cornell's uh, birthday, if I remember that correctly, too. So, right. And they were close friends, too. So, you know, it is really, you know, the heavy heart. Um, I All we can really do is celebrate his life. I know that sounds, you know, like cliche, but uh, one thing I'll always remember, <clears throat> I was flying. I don't remember exactly where I was flying to. It was 1999. I, I was probably flying to Florida from from Columbus. And uh, my sister's like, and I remember the one step closer was on the radio. And this is back when the radio was still a thing. And it was like, whoa, this is like a new, like fresh sound. Like this doesn't sound like, you know, it sounds a little bit like corn and lip biscuit, but like, uh, you know, also like their own flavor with, with it. And so I was excited here and my sister passed, uh, is sitting next to me on the plane and she's got her CD Walkman out. Right. And she's like, have you heard this yet? And I was like, what? And she goes. And she busts out Hybrid Theory, like the whole CD. And I was like, no, but I know that one song. Is this album good? She's like, dude, listen to this. And she's like, she even let me use her CD Walkman on the plane, you know, which is a big deal. Like, you know, when you're a teenager. And so I listened to it and Paper Cut came on. It's the first time I ever heard that song. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is like, it's not just one song. Because so many songs, so many albums come out with the one single and then the rest is all filler. And there's such disappointments. Hybrid Theory is one of those, like, front to back, like, modern classics. Been remastered. Like, it's 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 still to this day easily a million percent my favorite album they ever made. And just listening to Papercut and just realizing, like, this, this band has layers. This band has a lot of talent, something to say. That experience on the airplane is something I'll always remember. And it's very rare when I get that feeling about a band anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm always going to have that awesome memory with, with listening to that album the first time. And, and also that's back when CDs were kind of still new and, uh, you know, hearing that and that high quality on that, on that plane trip was something I'll always remember. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, Lincoln park had a, had a, like, uh, not, not, not necessarily a profound effect on my life or anything like that. I, I definitely wouldn't consider myself the most massive Lincoln Park fan, but they definitely had an, an impact on my life. Like I, I still don't. I will never forget the first time I heard Lincoln Park. I'll, I'll never forget it. So I was at my dad's friend's house, and uh, he like he had like a his garage was decked out with like a bar, and he had like a karaoke whole karaoke setup with like a TV and everything. And they were doing something. I think they were talking band stuff because my dad was in uh, a band with this other dude that was there with us. But they were talking band stuff because they were all in different bands. And uh, they had the music video for, I can't remember, it was either One Step Closer or Crawling playing on the TV that's usually used for karaoke. And it was just blasting through these speakers. And, uh, you know, I'll never, I'll never forget, like, hearing that and, I'm, and my dad talking about it. And then my dad's like, dude, 
we should cover this song. We should play this song in our band. Like, and lo and behold, you know, they were playing one step closer in their band. Next thing I know. And I was, you know, I was at my dad's band's first show. And I remember them playing that song. And I was like, I listened to a lot of music for a little kid, man, like a lot of music. And I remember my dad coming, getting done with that show. And I told my dad, like, dad, you messed up on this part, this part, and this part of this song. And the song was one step closer. And I'm like, Dad, you, you messed up the guitar part. I could hear it. <laughs> oh, you were that kid. Dad, why yeah, do you dude, suck? Like, I was, dude, I was, I was five or six years old, man. I, I went to my dad's first show, and I like my hair was all spiked up with like that red hair glue and shit. Wow. I, went, I Dude, I was like trying to look like Chester. Wow. <laughs> like, or yeah, Mike, dude. I guess, and with like, the red hair. Yeah, dude, the spiked up hair, man. That was the cool thing. Um, and, you know... The, uh, Aside from that, like, you know, moving forward and all throughout my daily life, I'd like, hell, dude, there was, especially in high school, there was hardly ever a day that went by that I didn't hear Linkin Park. Like, I mean, I would go in the weight room, Linkin Park would be playing. I'd, you know, go somewhere down the hall, Linkin Park would be playing. I see someone wearing a Linkin Park shirt. Like, Linkin Park was always, you know, just there. And it's it's always crazy when, you know, so, someone like that passes away and it's like, they they were always there, you know, passively. You know, they were always there in passing. But like when actually something happens, it's like, oh shit! Now they're gone, and it's like you don't realize how much of a hole it kind of leaves, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. like it was kind of it was kind of the same way with like Scott Weiland passed away from some type of pilots. He kind of had the same effect on me and my dad's relationship. And I haven't actually talked to my dad about it yet. I just I haven't talked to him about how much it affected him. But yeah, that's that's kind of where my head's at. So. Rest in peace, man. Well said, Jack, by the way. Thanks, man. Yeah. You too. Yeah, I remember um, some of my earliest memories with, like, Linkin Park was actually, like, a lot of those, like, do you guys ever see all those anime, like, videos that people, like, put together to Linkin Park songs? <laughs> oh, of It's course. one of those popular AMVs. bands for those, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, for that, sure. That was some Them of my... Three Days Grace. Yeah. That was some of my, like, first introduction to, like, what Linkin Park was, but it was, like, the first time I saw the video and I was like, oh, but that song was really good, like what's what else does this band do you know um so that kind of led me to like hybrid theory and Meteora, which to me are like kind of some of the best albums they've done um and both of them i think are good like front to back like great great pieces to listen to and i don't know just like throughout my life since i found them when i was like what like 10 maybe like I've always had them, you know, like playing every now and then, you know, it's always like kind of something like, Oh yeah, I could put on some Lincoln park. Like, why not? You know, I just kind of took them for granted as the idea of like, they'll keep coming out with music. Yeah. And they'll it, grow up with me. Yeah. They but, have stood the test of time. Yeah. Like they, I always thought they'd be around. Yeah. Like always. I definitely took mm-hmm. it for granted. Yeah. And it's unfortunate too. Cause like with someone as, you know, as iconic as Chester Bennington, like his voice, very iconic, I think. You know, like Lincoln Park will not ever be the same without him. I don't know if they could ever be Lincoln Park again without him. Yeah, you that, know? that's really sad too to think about. Like, I don't see how they could possibly replace him. I know sometimes when a uh, frontman die uh, passes away, uh, what the band will do is they won't bring in just one guest vocalist, but they'll bring in like one guest vocalist per song. You mm-hmm. know, to kind of be a tribute. Yeah, like, they all did their the, that for. Uh, something like what was it yeah snot yeah did something like that from snot yeah that's another tragedy too but yeah you know so go ahead robert yeah i mean i I think 
the world will be a little bit different after his passing, I think. And I think now, whenever you listen to any Linkin Park song, it's going to sound very, very different. Jack, like what you said, where like those songs, it wasn't just like, you know, imagination on Chester's part. Some of those songs kind of like really resonated with him and hopefully like a lot of other people in the world to help them out. Like, I remember the the day that he passed, uh, I decided to like put on some Linkin Park, you know, just like specifically to you know because of what happened right and like in the end came on and i had to just stop what i was doing because you hear the lyrics to that like yeah. in the end it doesn't even matter and it's like oh that yeah like right now i kind of have chills you know yeah. just thinking of that it casts a cloud over all the songs now a little bit you know it's like it makes it even yeah, that much I more mean, real yeah because yeah. you've heard those you've heard like most of the especially those those particular singles like just was a thousand times each right like you never really think about it until and then something like this happens and then you're like shit like i didn't even look. i i actually went through all the stages right like i first denied it at first and the way i found out about it was really messed up too it wasn't through twitter or the internet really like that exactly it was uh i opened up title because i wanted to play some music and just was looking around and then at the top of the screen it said tribute chester bennington and i just thought in my head like Oh, clearly he's alive. So this is just like a tribute to like his accomplishments. This is cool. I wonder what this playlist is. So then I go into there and I see all this this link to like the story. And then even with that, I still denied it. And then it was like a bunch of Twitter reactions, right? Of like uh, Chance the Rapper and all different kinds of celebrities and stuff. And then I saw one that said R.I.P. And I was like, what? And even then I didn't believe it. I was like, no, 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 no. He's not dead. There's no way. And then I kept reading, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I started getting, you know, reading everyone's the things. And then I went to Twitter, and then I saw that it was trending. I was like, oh, no. That's exactly what I said. I just said, oh, no. You know, and then I told uh, I told my wife. I was like, oh, man, this is this is not real. I can't believe this happening. So, I, I, you know, throughout the years, they've put out quality things. I mean, obviously, you know, they've changed their sound a lot. Um, and even that song, Heavy, right? Like, Ooh, like go watch that video now it's like it transforms the whole thing but yeah. but uh i i i will i just always thought of them you know as like one of the most solid like and they're genuine friends they genuinely like hang out you know like outside of stuff like i don't see how lincoln park can be lincoln park anymore it's just, he's just too integral to the whole uh signature sound of that group and i don't even know that many male vocalists that can do what he does on a night by night basis and not break their voice so and he's yeah. kind of superhuman in that regard, but we'll be missed. Certainly, you know, we'll be celebrated. Uh, we'll, we'll, there will definitely be imitators. He, his whole career, they've had Lincoln Party's had imitators out there, but I don't think anyone's really going to be, uh, you know, uh, what Lincoln Park uh, is. And and I think you're certainly looking at like a future like Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group. Certainly, for sure. Um, I think they should wrap us up for. Kind of the somber note for the end of this podcast. Yeah. Um, it's life, man. So I think, yeah, I think we can just end it by saying, uh, I hope Chester has found peace, you know, because um, clearly he's been troubled a lot of his life. So here's to Chester. And uh, we'll see you guys next Thursday. When my time comes, forget the wrong that I-